0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, Gardner is here. Sorry, thank you, that Ian again. and Gard. And Mark. And yeah. you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We launch here into another week of fun and excitement, starting by going to your calls. It's Steve in Toronto. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve.
1: Hi, guys. I have a question for you tonight about private charities. Sure. Um, and I'm glad that Guards here because then I can get a third perspective on this. And you'll have to forgive me. I'm a few weeks behind on the podcast, so I'm going to be referring to a conversation from a few weeks ago. But ultimately, it was a caller that called in and said, well, what's your solution in a free market society for if um, people uh, need heating oil to heat their homes in the winter, uh, and there's just uh, there's no government welfare to provide for them. And then your response, of course, was, well, we've got private charities for that. Uh, sure. And then the conversation kind of ended, and I was wondering about the next logical question to that, which is, well, what if you've got private charities and there just aren't enough people voluntarily donating to keep everybody warm and people die as a
2: result?
0: Well, it's certainly a scary scenario, but what would make you think that would be the case? I mean, we've got the one of the most charitable uh, societies that we currently live in today, and that's with the current tax burden everyone has. So,
1: yeah, well, I- I'm pretty confident that this wouldn't happen, but
3: I'm not
4: certain. Well, you know, you happen. can you can propose those those suppositions, uh, you know, in in theoreticals, and, and it, it really makes for fascinating thought experiments. One of the things you can do is look back historically. There's a terrific book called The Tragedy of American Compassion by Marvin Olasky. And uh, O L A S K Y, and he's he goes through the historical precedents of private charity in America before the government started to get involved, and this was at a time, of course, when our productivity wasn't as high, uh, when uh, the general standard of living was not as high, when people were, you know, just subsistence farmers in so many areas, and what they did was even in the urban areas. Um, the uh, private organizations that arose, things like the Elks and um, things like the Rotary and the Lions Club, they all arose because people in local communities knew their neighbors and they said, hey, you know, so-and-so had a fire last year. And you remember how we all pitched in and helped them? You know, we contributed money, bought the supplies and helped them put it together. These organizations... Uh, if and Olaski did a, a pretty good study on this he looked at the level of indigence at that time and the starvation levels and things like that and he found there really was not that much of a difference between what they had then and what we have now the problem is that nowadays with the government getting involved and I know I'm not i'm, I'm sort of making a negative case against government involvement first but uh, nowadays with government getting involved it's a faceless entity nobody has any incentive to then help out the person who helped him but back then there was a real positive community atmosphere for people who got together, helped each other. And then a few years later, some guy went tit for tat and said, hey, I remember when you guys helped me out. So there was a face a face behind the backing. And uh, even in the cities, they did it on a four-block area uh, in New York City, and it worked very, very well. So that's one place where you might be able to turn and get some good examples. Well, plus,
0: you know, um, kind of the underlying the underlying presumption in, in Steve's question is, is that people would not be willing to help one another in the absence of a men you know a group of men and women with guns threatening them and ex- and forcefully extracting money from them to use to allegedly help people I mean mm-hmm. the suggestion that people wouldn't do that uh, in the absence of the threat of force I think really speaks to sort of a negative uh, worldview about uh, your common man and uh, you know even if even if you believe that to be the case it's not justification for violence against your neighbors
5: because period. if people are bad then why in the world would you want to create a Government that would allow bad, you know that that you know That's bad people to get a hold of. Right. Now, sure,
0: Steve. Sure, I I agree with you. It's just hard
5: convincing somebody I, that I know a certainty. I'm going to give you um like a a direction that I take it um when uh, somebody asks me this sort of question, Steve, so that you sure. can u- so you can use it when uh, somebody asks you. Thank you. Uh, now. First, you ask, "Well, do you think that the that there are people that are on welfare currently that, you know, are really just scammers or would work harder if they didn't have uh, welfare or whatever um, to 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 lean on?" And they'll say yes because right. the fact is there is. And then sure. you ask them, "Give me a percentage. Just give me an idea how many people are on there." Mm. And so they give you a percentage. Give me a percentage, Steve. Uh,
1: thirty-two percent. Great, thirty
5: percent. So, um, th- now. Private charities are much better at ferreting out these people than uh, public charity or than you know the, the public charity that is the government right. because they don 't have you know bureaucrats who just go to work and get paid and you know that don 't really care and, and people don 't ha- have generations on welfare and, and they 're competing of thing. for funds so what you 're going to do is you 're going to see that thirty percent returned to the pool of charity now also you have to take into consideration that seventy cents on every welfare dollar goes to employ those. Faceless uh, bureaucrats mm. out there that, that aren't motivated and incentivized to care about their job, although they may.
4: And they're uh, called civil servants. Right, the, the <laughs> civil
5: servants. Um, the, so 70 cents on the dollar will be returned to the pool. So you're not talking about helping people to the same dollar amount. Currently, right. what you're talking about is helping somebody, uh, y- y- really, 25 cents, 20 cents on the dollar is what, right. uh, you know, just to get the level of help that they're currently getting.
1: Right, you could take in a lot less donations and It'll get a lot more to the people that need it, right? And
5: usually, um, actually, I forgot the the most important step of it is. So, um, how many compare, compared comparatively private versus uh, you know public that we currently have? Um, how much do you think that we could draw in? how much how much do you think charities would get compared to what the government would get? And they might say fifty percent or something right. like that. You've just proven that you are going to uh, that that fifty percent will then draw in two and a half times right. what. The they need to, to do to operate. Right,
1: you've got a 20 or 30% surplus to what's already being given
5: yep. currently. Yeah. Plus, yeah. you also have the efficiency factor, and that
0: is that uh, the, the, the private charities are far more motivated to earn your money, earn your charitable contributions, because they have other charities in the marketplace that are, that may be providing similar services, and right. so they actually have some level of competi- uh, competition between them, in that if you, the charity that you're interested in uh, donating to turns out that they're skimming money, or there's just something that you disagree with about their right, mission
1: to a different charity instead.
0: right yeah. you can pick which charity you give to whereas with the government it's one size fits all if you don't like their program too flip and bad they're going to steal your house if you don't right. contribute I mean so it's you know it's just night and day between both of those scenarios and i can 't see the I mean if, if after explaining all of this to them they can't see the benefits move on to the next prospect <laughs> fair,
1: fair enough can I ask a follow up about the, the historical aspect that guard mentioned there for a moment um, I was just wondering if if things were pre- if everybody was pretty much covered, uh, you know, decades or hundreds of years uh, ago with, yes. with private charities, right. Why was there a demand?
4: Very for- yes, very interesting. Uh, there are, there are two aspects to what you're saying. One was uh, one figure. Horace Greeley, the guy who said, go West, young man, he was the editor of one of the big New York papers at the time. And he was a he was a sort of Rousseauian. He, he loved Rousseau. He thought groups could do it. And of course, he didn't understand what we're talking about here, which is that there it's circular logic. If if the average person out there doesn't care enough to you know voluntarily help his neighbor, then how is it that he's going to vote for somebody to take his neighbor's money and, and give it to his other neighbor and handle his own life? It doesn't work. Uh, so he, they had a series of uh, editorials or, or during the uh, mid-1800s where they started to push for this sort of thing. And then the other is that certain organizations realized that it was easier to get the government to pay them to handle things than to, you know, certain people started to, started to see that they could actually get money from the government. When these politicians started to push for this, they joined up. And uh, so what you got in the mid-1800s, and Alasky spells it out in his book, it's it's very, very good, uh, was you went from a world of Alexei de Tocqueville, which his book Democracy in America is really all about how surprised he was at how Americans helped other Americans without being forced, without government doing it, to a world where, you know, in the 1930s you got the New Deal and everybody thought thought government had to take care of their lives. It was a a dramatic shift, and if you read Olasky's book, he really covers it very, very well. It's quite interesting. And, of course, you know, you're never going to get any perfect, perfect system. But the most efficient system that allows for the greatest competition, like Ian said, and that allows for these types of things to occur, like Mark said, is, is the private market one.
5: You know, well, I, I, I'd I say that the real the the reason to that is basically uh, people uh, realize that, you know, people that want power realize I can get in charge of things and I can have power. If they don't do it uh, overtly, they do it sort of uh, subliminally. They, 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 they realize that they can be in charge and they can have power if they can just separate people from their money, right. forcefully.
0: Steve, it was a good call. Thank you for the questions. Appreciate it. Hearing, uh, good hearing from you. At 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Coming up, your calls about whatever. Also, uh, the Lakota Bank. We'll tell you about that on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It is Ian here with you. And guard And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. They include the bulletin board system, over 400,000 posts. That's a lot to talk about. You'll find that it's all completely free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Again, that's bbs.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Sex with the Virgin Mary. She's waited long enough. Jimmy Cahill, a boozing carau- uh, carousing cabbie from Boston, has been tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel's a great read, informative on the legal process, and sure to damn author Charles Webb straight to hell. Get it at Amazon.freetalklive.com or go to com. And by the way, you can listen to an interview with Mr. Webb on this past Saturday, so this last, uh, the 22nd, uh, this past weekend's podcast. Uh, so listen to the Saturday show. At the end, you'll hear the interview with it's, Charles Is It's Webb. in the show description? It's not in the show description. We need to do that. Sorry about that. Anyway, Uh Again, toll-free number here, 800-259-9231 to your phone calls. And then if we get a chance, we'll tell you about the Lakota Bank, which is yeah. looking to be a very, very interesting, well... Bank. There's a little something a little bit different there. Uh, let's go to Jim in Illinois. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello.
2: Yeah. Hi, guys. Um, just uh, been uh, listening off and on for the last couple of years, but just over the last uh, last month or so, I've uh, been downloading the uh, the uh, podcasts and listening to them at work. Um,
0: Welcome got aboard. A couple
2: of questions for you. Sure. Uh, first of all, a guy at work that I'm listening uh, that happens to listen to the show with me is um, he's been listening along, and he's wondering, uh, his his question was "Is that, are you guys ever content?
0: <laughs> what does well,
2: that mean? He thinks that you guys do nothing but complain mal- all the time. Mal- Malcontent. Like, well, first of all, you know, they are
0: activists,
2: and secondly, I mean, if everything was happy, you know, all honky-dory all day long, it'd make for a pretty boring radio show.
5: Right, well, and I'd have to say that uh, talk radio, by by and large, is complaints. Um, you know, I mean, if you listen to the uh, the, the Democrats and the Republicans, <laughs> if you listen to them, that's what they do too. They say the Democrats are bad because blah 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 blah, and the Republicans are bad because blah 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 blah, and. I would say early on in this show that was uh, one of the critiques that stung the most for me is you guys hate everything. And I uh, I what what gave me some hope on this is um the Democrats and the Republicans have their solution to the problem. You can just vote for us. And whereas we didn't really have a solution. Everything sucks and we have no solution. Was kind of how it went. You know, you should vote libertarian, I think. And you know that it's not it's not a very satisfying solution. Yeah, it hasn't worked.
4: That's one of the problems when you're working in talk radio. You you have to get up every day and look at things and like, oh, that's so stupid. And then you find people with whom you agree, but it's usually a negative comment. What I like about the guys at Free Talk Live is uh, Ian and Mark generally try to take a story and they say, but, you know, here's a good alternative.
0: Apparently not often enough for his uh, cohort there to determine such things about (laughs) us. (laughs) So, I mean, I I think we tend to be pretty positive on this show. I mean, while we can identify the problems out there and the problems are... There are myriads in government. It's all over the place. Uh, but we can also identify the solution. We talk about it a lot. The Free State Project, getting activists together all in the same place. I mean, I know we talk about the Free State Project at least once a show because they're a sponsor. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's, that's at least out there. And as far as contentment with my personal life, I, I think it's great. I have a. I mean, I'm living my dream. I'm doing a, a radio show syndicated on dozens of radio stations and we're we're turning a profit so i mean i'm i'm quite content from a uh, from a business side from a personal side the only thing that really really bothers me is that all around me peaceful people are being thrown into prison cells and as long as that stuff is happening there's no way i could be content with that so to answer that question yes and no
2: sure well that kind of leads me into my second question um I do uh, I do actually part-time work for a radio station here in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I've posted about the station on the BBS, uh, oh, great. Free Talk Live. And um, I've been uh, trying to convince the, uh, the, uh, the station manager not only to carry your show, which has, well, obviously you're not on there yet, so that's not been successful as yeah. of yet, but uh, I've also been trying to find a way to get him... Uh, to get them to, you know, to try to give me, let me get my feet wet.
0: Are you, are you working at food. a talk station? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talk, radio?
2: A talk station, mostly network feeds. They do have,
0: yeah.
2: like, local farmer's market stuff on the weekends. And they do well, have here's a what you need to do. And they do a popular morning show. Um,
0: here's what I'd but, recommend. Uh, here's what I'd recommend. How long yeah. have you been working there? I mean, do you have good rapport with, the, with this guy?
2: Oh, definitely. I've been there, uh, I've been there like six years. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's, that's about right then. Uh, what I would suggest is you could go about it two ways. You could offer to do the show for free. Which is basically what we offered to do at that at that time. Uh, but what you might be better off doing is if you've got the uh, initiative and uh, you you know a little bit about sales, then you could offer to do the show for free and um, set up a deal as far as selling advertisements for them on your show to where the station would get you know 50% and you would get 50% or something like that. That way they'd be be pulling something in that they hadn't been pulling in before. So a they'd be getting local talent for zero cost. Mm-hmm. B they'd be getting you out there. At 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 least working to try to sell your show and possibly maybe make a few bucks off of that as opposed to getting nothing for whatever it is they currently are putting on during whatever the time slot is you're interested in. In doing
5: those are good. Um, What uh, what do they have on? I guess not. What do they have on Sunday nights? Is usually kind of throwaway programming, um, in talk radio. You know, in any radio, quite honestly, because Sunday night is the least listened to time frame, except for overnights. Um, I we started we've started on Sunday nights. uh, That's how we started the show. Great place to get your
0: feet wet. We had
5: we had a great deal of response, and I I would think that uh, you might be able to you know arrange yourself uh, to get. To get on that Sunday night thing.
2: The thing with with the Sundays, winter is okay, but uh, they're also a uh, an affiliate for that racing organization, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. And um, that's uh, that's actually when I'm usually working there. But you know, you can only. You only get interested so much when you're pushing a button
0: and pressing a lever once every nine minutes.
5: You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I totally understand. So uh, that that racing organization they they have races on Sunday nights uh, all
0: weekend is pretty unimportant to most most uh, talk shows. I think it's unfortunate that it's that way, but it but it is. So well, you know whatever you think is right
5: f- fill-ins uh, between those. I mean that's how Free Talk Live is pretty much aired currently. Is we don't have uh, anything as far as make goods for the stations who have sports. So. We they sort of use us to fill in when make they don't goods have goods for our
0: audience uh, means when the show doesn't run, a lot of syndicated shows will demand that the radio station uh, affiliate run their radio inventory, their commercials, uh,
5: if the show did not run. Right. So, so they, you have when to they make a con-
0: good on the when they sign a contract,
5: they sign a contract to w- to air the commercials whether the show airs or not. So what you're saying, Mark, is that our show is
0: not like that in that a radio station can override Free Talk Live and they do not have to play any of our commercials to make good. So it makes us more flexible. But you know what your schedule is there at the station. You know what works best for you and what might work best for them. That's what you should propose as far as, you know, Mark was just suggesting Sunday nights. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so whatever works best for you is what you want to go to him with and say, you know, look, you're going to get a local show. Uh, I'm willing to do the work for free just to get my foot in the door to get the experience. And I'll get out there and do what I can to to sell the show but even if you can't sell the show at least they're still sort of farming a little bit of local talent and and they have something for their listeners to tune into that they can tout as local i mean what radio station manager wouldn't want something like that they'd have to be insane unless you're absolutely dreadful on the air in which case you know i wouldn't let you on the air (laughs) but so if you can actually do the show then that's another factor as well so hopefully that helps and let us know how it goes for you okay Will do. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Helping new people get their start in the terrestrial radio
5: business. I've heard people that are dreadful on the air. That guy isn't it. True.
0: 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free life. You're absolutely dreadful. You can always pay a radio station. The more you pay, the more likely they'll put you on. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us Again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features include the wiki, over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive for free, wiki.freetalklive.com. Also, looks like some new speakers have been announced. For the upcoming Free State Project Liberty Forum. And I tell you, the lineup just keeps getting more interesting, more exciting. Uh, bigger, uh, and uh, I, I guess not, not necessarily bigger names, but more big names uh, being added to this list of already big names. Uh, like Glenn Jacobs yeah. from the WWE. He's also known as Kane. You might have heard of him. Richard Heller from the Heller versus D.C. gun decision. Brand new, announced. Uh, Mary Ruart, Dr. Mary Ruart, one of my favorite Libertarian authors out there and the woman who should have been the Libertarian Party's presidential nominee this past year. She's awesome. Anybody hasn't read Healing Our World
4: in a Time of – what is it? Healing Our Time? Healing 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 Our our World. world.
0: That's enough. Yeah, (laughs) Healing Our
4: World. Just get it. It's just – Awesome, awesome so stuff. she'll
0: be there, which means you might be able to get your uh, Healing Our World autographed. Uh, plus, lots of other people here. Uh, David Berglund, former Libertarian Party presidential candidate. Looks like William Norman Gregg has been announced. Uh, he is somebody who we, we've used a lot of his articles on the air here. He's here a, he a guy who follows the police state, the rise of the police state like a hawk. Uh, William Norman Grigg is going to be speaking at the Liberty Forum. And the list just continues to grow. It looks like the founder of the Libertarian Party has been confirmed. Uh, David Nolan is going wow. to be there there. So big names.
5: I thought he uh, converted to Republican. Wasn't that what I heard? I don't know, but
0: he's the founder of the Libertarian Party, and he's going to be there, so you can ask him that at the at yeah, that could time. Be an interesting question. Of course, Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live from the entirety of the event, and we look forward to meeting you. Of course, this is not just an opportunity to meet these big names, but it's also an opportunity to meet many of the activists that are here in New Hampshire that are active and they're that are doing political stuff and they're doing market-based activism, civil disobedience. They're creating their own media. A lot of the people that you hear call this show, and you hear us talk. Talk about are going to also be attending the 2009 Liberty Forum. So you should get signed up. Uh, while you can still get the early bird discount, it's happening from March 5th through March 8th, coming up in 2009. You can go to freestateproject.org slash forum to get registered. Uh, that again, freestateproject.org slash forum. So we look forward to seeing you there. We continue with your phone calls. Cameron is on the line in Pennsylvania. Cameron, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey.
2: How's hey it going tonight, guys?
0: What's on your mind, Cameron?
2: Uh, well, you know, I was <clears throat> doing a lot of thinking, and this is going to kind of start off a little bit weird. Um, I'm, I'm really into um, folk music, and I've been listening to a lot of people, Neil Young, and then I got back into Bob Dylan and Joan Baez, and I and I started thinking about you know the Liberty Movement and how, how it, it could be you know broadcast to a bigger audience and made you know made even bigger. And I started thinking about. Uh, the anti-war movement and like the you know the hippie movements in like the late 60s and you know they had the Summer of Love and then they had Woodstock and mm-hmm. I don't know I was kind of thinking maybe maybe there'd be a way that it could progress into that you know there's been other causes that have elicited major national attention that have had you know big followings you kind of see it now with the whole anti-proposition eight thing they're starting to have a lot of protests and some celebrities come out in opposition to it and. There'd be some way to, to, to have, I mean, I don't know, maybe like a libertarian Woodstock almost in New I Hampshire. I think that's
5: an or, awesome idea. It's a great idea. Uh, music, there's nothing, music is the closest thing to magic that we have in this world. It can oh, uh, change your attitude in a moment, uh, hearing music. You can, uh, you know, you, you can <laughs> reference memories from the past. Uh, it's it's an amazing thing. And w- there isn't much libertarian music out there. There's, there's songs certainly with uh, themes that do, would appeal to libertarians, but there's not a lot of it, and I haven't heard personally a band that does sort of libertarian stuff other than the one that played at the uh, Freedom Fest. Josh Noon, the Josh Noon band. And Uh, then there's Rush.
2: Well, I... I I thought that too, but then I started remembering. I know that uh, Green Day has traditionally identified themselves as being libertarians. That's true. I mean, mostly they focus on anti-war when they do that kind of stuff. But Great. I know uh, John Mayer, the the pop blues guy, the guitarist guy, has also been known. He was a Ron Paul supporter. So, do you uh, have
0: the ability to, uh, to, you know, do you have the kind of, uh, I guess, capital that you'll need to bring in names like that? No,
2: no, I, no, I don't. I'm just saying it might be a good idea. I don't really know. I see. How you know Woodstock started? I don't know if that was you know one person's idea or it just kind of came about. But you know, what if there was a Woodstock and a you know a Summer of Freedom or?
0: Well, I think I, yeah, I think, you should come up here and do that. I think that's something that you <laughs> should uh, you know you should lead that. Effort. I think I think also you
4: have to you have to recognize too that Woodstock was not a, a self generating event. Woodstock followed. Uh, a great number of years of dissent and movement, uh, particularly right, right. out in San Francisco and, and elsewhere on college campuses. So it 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 might have been close to the culmination of a of a movement that maybe the nascent libertarian movement uh, is not quite ready to achieve yet. Uh, the, right. One of the examples I would give is the number of people that Ron Paul was able to attract. To his alternate convention, and he had people like Sarah Evans, the country singer, there. She was a Ron Paul right. supporter, and as you know, a couple other people have been mentioned before. So um, he came pretty close, and I think with the uh, interest that he generated, maybe a follow up on that somehow. Uh, it might might be in order. I don't know if we're at that level, but it, I love if you the got the bands, they they might pull them in. It'd yeah. be pretty
0: cool. I love the idea of doing it here in New Hampshire, and I can say oh, yeah. that uh, there's a gentleman that owns quite a bit of property up in the Grafton area who would, I'm mm-hmm. sure, be yeah. We got a venue for you. I'm yeah. sure he'd be interested go, in. All right. In yep. uh, you know doing that at very low to no cost. I mean, you'd probably have to to bring in the porta potties and and whatever the sound stage. I think they put in some stuff.
5: potties, but uh, you're gonna if if you're any, talking about anything like Woodstock, you'll need more. Right,
0: and I'm sure. Yeah, that, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, it'd probably be easier to organize something like that if you actually live in New Hampshire. But uh, yeah, be- that was
2: the other thing. I I don't remember if you guys remember. I called. I don't know if you guys remember. But I called about two we weeks ago and I was talking about law school. Okay. Yeah. That was me, and yeah. I was, there's actually a law school in New Hampshire, a Franklin Pierce Law Center. It's right in Concord, oh, and uh, I'm great. actually considering. They're really big on intellectual property law, right. which is one of the things I'm interested in. So great, yeah, I've sat uh, in on one of their classes
4: it. there. It's a very, very good school. It's an excellent. School.
0: Well, I, I, was, s- I was
2: considering applying there, and then maybe when you know when I get in, moving to New Hampshire, you <laughs> should
0: do that. I look forward to it, and thanks, Cameron, for the idea. If yep. uh, you know, if you don't have the time to run with that, maybe somebody out there listening will say to themselves, "Yeah, that sounds like something I could." I could work on, and it's all right if it starts small. It doesn't have to be, you know, balls to the wall, huge, ginormous event the first time out. You can schedule some more regional bands and stuff like that and just yeah. kind of have a like a little Freedom Fest kind of thing. Or, Don't or forget whatever. booths.
5: You need booths. Vendors, you mean? Yes. Vendors, that
0: sort of thing? Thank you, Cameron. Good hearing from you tonight. 800 259 Music's great and everything.
5: Don't forget the money.
4: And you know, some of the people who are involved in the Liberty Movement might even be able to get bands that aren't necessarily associated with with the Liberty Movement philosophically to come out. You know, uh, I'm sure if Danko Jones were around and he were he were to, you know had the opportunity to come out. For a nominal fee, he might he might come out to 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 play in New Hampshire, and you know I could probably Who get knows? him out. Uh, the other bands that maybe connect with one or two issues, uh, anti-war, that you could get the damned to come out. I mean, they were huge anti-war guys. You could probably get a bunch of people that w- at least would link up on one aspect, and you could say, hey, you know, we'll be friends on this one. Let's let's rock, you know.
0: Right, and you wouldn't have to pay much for a location, provided that some of the uh, the porcupines or the free staters that are up here would be willing to supply that private yeah. land. And of course, if it's being held on private land, then you can crank it up as long as the neighbors aren't anywhere nearby, and everybody can have a good time. You know, I would love to see uh, something like the existing Burning Porcupine Festival expand to have uh, you know a musical yeah. component, or perhaps uh, Keen Freedom Fest expanding out to be a larger, more uh, lengthy musical style event. I mean, anything can happen. And it's up, for, you know. It's really up to you to come here and make it happen, because uh, you can't count on everybody else to do it for you. Now, I guess that's what I'm trying to say,
5: Gardner. One of the problems with the uh, with what you're saying is as far mm-hmm. as bringing in people that might uh, ally themselves on a one or two or a few points is uh, there was the uh, I can't the Live Free or Die fest that's in mm-hmm. uh, Jaffrey every year, and there was a, an issue with a band that. This year, that, uh, that you know, closely allied themselves politically, but then they had you know one big sore thumb sticking out there that uh, you know really rankled some people's. Uh, and it fur. turns
0: out a couple of the members of the band were uh, open bigots, and somebody managed to uncover some Aww, of this, the geez. nastiness that was on mm-hmm. their website. And so some of us basically complained and said, "Look, we don't want to come to your event if you're going to have this band there." Oh, wow. And so the organizer of the event very wisely chose to ban the band, sure. uh, which was a good a good move on his part. So yet another. Get Another example of social ostracism in action and actually uh, working to keep scummy people away from a pro liberty event. So, 800 259 9231 is the number here. By the way, I'd like to add if you're going to sign up for the Liberty Forum that we talked about earlier, use our discount code to save 10%. It's 2009 FTL. That's 2009 FTL. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And if you enjoy this program and you'd like to help us out, you can become an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing new Internet listeners on board around the world and helping spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So if that sounds good to you and you want perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines chat room, forum, and more, go and get all the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. You can use PayPal, any major credit card, or some of our alternate options. Uh, Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com as we continue with your phone calls about what you want. Let's talk to Paul in California on one of the AMP lines. Hello, Paul.
6: Mark and Guard, good to talk to you guys. What's Yay. on your mind tonight, yeah, I've Paul? i have got a I've got a first person report from the Los Angeles demonstration in front of the Federal Reserve on Saturday. Oh, excellent. How'd uh, that go for you? Be- oh, it was great. Before I get into that, I had a couple of quick things I wanted to share with you. First sure. of all, I love what Mark just said about that music is the closest thing to magic we've in this world. That is a beautiful Wonderful and true statement. Thank I you, wish, Mark.
5: I wish that I had uh, come up with it. Yeah, credit. Who deserves credit on that one? You know, honestly, it was uh, some girl that was working with me at the comic book store when I was like oh, seventeen wow. years old. It was a uh, it, you know just sort of an offhand comment about how music moved her, but it really wow. is the truth. Mm. It's the closest thing to magic that we have. That's awesome.
6: It oh, really nice. moves me, and I just want to suggest one thing. Uh, you know, Randy Kelton and Deborah Stevens. She's connected with, I think she's a member of a band called the Three Shoes Posse. They're definitely liberty-oriented. You might check their music out. Um, Second thing is I was listening to uh, your podcast on, I think it was Saturday, uh, where you were talking to some jerk, uh, according to you, Ian, and I don't disagree with you, who says you lost all your credibility because you didn't sit there moldering in 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 a jail cell torturing your girlfriend for 93 days. Yeah, apparently. I was dying for you. I was dying for you to ask him in. So, what is it you are doing to forward the cause of liberty? I believe I said something friend? to that extent. But,
5: but the gentleman, uh, yeah, well, the, the problem with I, that gentleman was he didn't. Even, he claimed to not even know what we were talking about, what the issue was. Uh, um, so he didn't yeah, know.
6: Just, just a, just a total jerk. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, he was. Um, and then, <laughs> and the last thing I want to get on before I get back to the to the to the Fed is on an earlier show there was you were talking. A, a guy who was a pro-tem judge for a half a day or something? Yeah, he was a libertarian and, as a pro-tem
0: and got uh, canned within 30 yeah, minutes. <laughs>
6: and, I, and I kept banging on the steering wheel wishing I could call in, but on a, on a podcast. But I, the thing to do would be to not send in all these letters uh, to recusing yourself, but to go on the bench and says, I will hear any case that's brought before me that has standing."
0: Okay. Well, no I'm sure he'll take that under advisement.
6: Case He's has standing. I can go into that in more detail later. That's an excellent want, point, because you I, have I, to have
4: I, been I, harmed to have standing. That's right. Right.
6: You don't have to recuse yourself. You just have to say, okay, Mr. Prosecutor, can you show me your case that has all the elements of standing? Right. And they can never do it. There's mm-hmm. no
0: victim. You, Great point.
6: That's right. And they'd have a hard time ho- ho- hoisting your ass off the bench because you, at that point, you would be complying with Supreme Court decisions. Huh. That would be an interesting problem for the Superior Court to deal with you. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Excellent, dude. Very but good suggestion. I-, I hope that guy happens to listen to the show. Otherwise, you can uh, find his website. I think I posted it in the show prep links. If not, I'm- I think I mentioned it during that program if you wanted to reach I out could to him go back personally. back
6: and look. But yeah, yeah. I-, I just wanted to get that out there because – your listeners need to understand the government doesn't obey their own laws. No, that's true, but know? they don't care either. All you have to do is call them. I know, but the more people we just call them on it in a number of ways, it loses the credibility, and it will lose the grip. Because yeah. people obey the law because it's based, they, they think it's, the, it's moral, and it's not. Anyway, gotcha. back to the
0: fifth. And <laughs> the Fed. Protests were all across the country on Saturday uh, in the 39 cities where there are Federal Reserve banks and I think like some sort of offices as well. So uh, you went to – was it Los Angeles you said?
6: Los Angeles, 9, 950 Grand Avenue, downtown L.A. There looked like there was at least a couple of hundred people there. That's good. It was very well represented. There was all kinds of signs. Things were very well organized. People were very well behaved. They were focused. They were prepared. Uh, they had people with bullhorns talking to traffic going by. More cars honked in support of the, of the protest than didn't.
3: We okay. were getting lots
6: of positive response. The police were there. We were talking to the police. In fact, I talked to a sergeant who I saw taking some of the literature, and I was telling him, uh, yeah, be careful. I told him the story of Joe Bannister, who... Walked away from his government job when he realized the truth. Mm. So I mean, it was very positive. I thought it was an excellent uh, event. I interviewed several people who were participants. I'll send you uh, the recordings of those
0: if you like. What do you feel I as though was up... uh, what do you, What do you feel as though the big success was? Was it just the fact that there were a large amount of people there? Do you feel as though you were successful um, in reaching out to a number of passersby? Uh, what was the biggest success? All of the do you above. Think? Okay. Uh, plus, what
6: I was doing was I was kind of working the, the 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 crowd inside, getting them to understand that. Well, fine. Once we get rid of the Fed, now what are we going to do?
5: It's a good question. Okay.
6: And I was talking about the idea of okay, we need to get rid of the Fed. Then we need to get rid of the state. So yeah, I yeah. was handing out literature, going in that direction. And I was talking up free talk live. I was, you know, I That's was, great. you know, I, I thought it was. I, I found a lot of of people who were, you know, yeah, okay. Okay, now what? You know, and I was saying, right. well, look, we've got to take it all the way. And uh, so it was a very positive
0: day. Good. Hey, I'm glad to hear that. It's always nice to hear when people are out actually doing something, whether or not it will culminate in anything actually happening beyond people just educating themselves. If that's what happens, it was worthwhile, and you felt it was worthwhile, then it was worthwhile. And uh, I think that's great news. And I thank you for the call tonight. Mm -hmm. Appreciate hearing from you.
5: If nothing else, uh, you know they're they're getting the word out and getting people excited about it. I, it's it's hard to see liberty activism, um, to, to you know really amount to anything uh, especially in la tangible. or new york city or something
4: but if you can get the word out and, and even some
5: people who aren't familiar with it
4: shoot you know if you've got some information there or somebody picks up on it they happen to pick up murray rothbard's what has government done to our money or go to some of the more pro-freedom uh, websites it starts to diffuse and get around that's really cool those guys are out there doing that let's that's
0: continue great. also to the amp lines on call who's this hello uh, this is art art you're on the air what's on your mind
7: Hey, uh, last Thursday, uh, a gentleman called in asking about a brief document on uh, Liberty.
0: Yeah, it sounded like uh, he was looking for something he could hand out to people is what it seemed like to me.
7: Right. Um, There's – I don't know of – I guess there's a lot of different documents out there, but one of the best things that I've used to share with people is the uh, animated flash from the uh, ISL. Mm-hmm. International Society for individual liberty
0: yeah yes it's excellent it's called uh let 's see what's that called the, the philosophy, philosophy of, of liberty yeah liberty
7: right and it's in uh, i don't know sixteen or eighteen different languages it 's less than ten minutes uh derived from the uh, the uh, book that uh Ken uh Schoolin had done um, what was that uh, ventures of Jonathan Gullible, which <laughs> is a very uh, easy to read book i've bought it and given it to uh, uh relatives uh, kids can understand it quite well.
0: I also agree with you. I think that the video you're talking about is excellent. It takes, yeah. uh, it takes about eight minutes to watch. It's really straightforward, and it's really powerful. You can see it if you go to new.freekeen.com. That's new.freekeen.com. That's probably the quickest way to get directly to that video. And a great thing yeah. about
5: that video is you can, uh, in Most most towns have community access uh, stations. Yes. You can t- get that video on CD from their website, which I don't happen to know what it is, but mm-hmm. if, I'm sure. Sure, if you do just a little bit of research on the philosophy of liberty, you can then get this seven or nine or what minute video and send it to your public access channel. And according to their own bylaws, they basically have to play anything oh, that was sent to it. I them. love it. You know, I didn't know
4: about that video until uh, one of the free staters told me about it. And we've had it posted over at Liberty Conspiracy. It's right on the front page. And uh, it's just awesome. I get comments from people all the time about it. It's really, really straightforward.
0: But, unfortunately, you know, that's not something you can hand out to po- to folks, which is why I didn't no. mention it to well, him when he was, was talking can, about something that's fo- – No, you can't really hand that – I mean, you mean you could hand it out on a CD, but, I mean, as far as something that's tangible that you can hold in your hands and look at right then and there – that's not going to work. For it has some disadvantages. So, yeah, but but definitely point people to that. If they're online, uh, whether it's libertyconspiracy.com, where you have it there, or new.freekeen.com, either way, it's a great video. Any other thoughts for us tonight?
7: Well, also, uh, just plugging uh, the ISL's webpage, isl.org, where you can uh, get, I don't know, 16 or 18 different uh, languages uh, of that. Uh, I believe that's
0: video. ISIL. That's the uh, Institute Correct. for... Uh, ISIL. Or International Society for Individual Liberty, isil.org. Very good, sir. I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate you. hearing from you. Good suggestions. 800-259-9231. The Philosophy of Liberty is a great intro I, video. I,
5: I think I watch it every four to six months. I enjoy it. It, it. it To me, it opens up things every time I watch it. You may believe in liberty. Go watch it anyway. I love it. Yeah, it's great stuff.
0: All right, uh,
5: 800-259-9231. Coming up... Mark,
0: you've got some uh, stunning news about this bailout situation. It has just gotten much worse, apparently. We'll share that with you here in moments. And hour two's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their sites, we give ours away at freetalklive.com, so enjoy free at freetalklive.com. Gardner, you're going to tell us, actually, about the... 7 plus trillion nearly 8 trillion dollar bailout what is going yes, on yes uh,
4: it is absolutely incredible uh bloomberg news is reporting this and uh mark pickman and bob ivory write that uh the us government is prepared to provide more than 7.76 Trillion dollars. I mean,
0: that's ten times times times. the original amount.
4: Doctor Evil doesn't have enough pinkies for that. You know, Um, exactly. On behalf of American taxpayers, after guaranteeing (laughs) three hundred and six billion to Citigroup Incorporated. Yesterday, wow. and that's just cash to pay off their debts.
5: And you can believe that they're not going to make the same mistake they made the last time by flo- trying to float this through Congress. They'll use whatever means that they can uh, they can do with inside the Fed, whether they have to print money or what it, whatever it is. They're not going to make the same mistake that they did the last time and have to deal with the crap they had to deal with trying yeah. to get Congress to. Uh, well, I got to I gotta say,
4: you know, Mark, I don't know if it was in the final version, but the original version of the bailout bill said that the Secretary of the Treasury. And Ben Bernanke, the uh, head of the Fed Bank, could a- engage in these bailouts at their discretion. I believe, yeah, I recall that it was yeah. more than one. They, so they, they have left more it open authority, ended. exactly. So it's not just the 700 some some billion that they've already served up. And uh, and uh, well, uh, let me see, yeah, 700 billion, and they've already provided. Uh, 300 billion. In addition to that, plus there's another. The total that's already gone out, they say, according to uh, Reuters and some other people, and Drudge Report reported on this one, is three trillion already. Plus the new 7.76 trillion that they're so proposing, so over ten so it could trillion. Be ten then. trillion dollars, exactly. What's
5: the total amount of the debt in this country? Is it around 7 ten point, trillion? I thought the 7.7 included the three trillion. That was uh, my understanding. Yeah, it's well, it says on seven Reuters. And ten tri- tri-
4: on tri- Reuters, yeah, on Reuters, it says the unprecedented pledge on funds includes a 3.18 trillion already tapped, thanks by financial institutions, and the biggest response to an economic uh, uh, economic emergency. The excellent point, thank you, Mark. Uh,
5: you know, and it, the thing is, is these numbers, seven, ten, th- these numbers counting? get so uh, swimmingly high. Seven trillion dollars, seven point yeah. seven trillion dollars. I shouldn't leave out that seven hundred billion. Uh, so, so it's a full seven point seven trillion. It's so swimmingly high. But when you look at these numbers, I believe that's more than half, just a, just a bit more than half, of the gross national product for last year. Uh, I I don't have the numbers no, sitting right here are, in front of me. No, you are correct. It's uh, that, that That's everything that was produced in America.
0: $10 trillion is what the debt clock is at right now. This is un, it's, unbelievable. Un- it's unbelievable. Why don't they just so print the money for that, to, too? They're going to double the debt with
4: this and and and, and, okay, let's say some people say, Well, what's wrong with that? There are so many things that are wrong with that you could you could have a week's long worth of classes." To explain to you why this is bad mojo all the way around a it 's unconstitutional, and these are guys, and again, you know this is a group of people who think that the constitution doesn 't go far enough to protect mm-hmm. our liberties, and that uh, I, it doesn 't really apply to me because I was never party to the contract, but these are politicians and bureaucrats who swear an oath to upto- uphold that document and and they don 't care so that's that 's numero uno, but the economic ill effects that this is going to cause are just astronomical, and the problem is that now everybody is buying into this. You hear all these people saying that, oh, Wall Street is all buzz because they're, it's it's got a new rally because they're going to yeah. be coming in with even more money. What does it mean? It means, as you know, as so many people know, that... There's going to be too much money flooding the marketplace, it has no value, and it's going to be chasing a certain amount of goods that are on a certain productivity curve that is a lot lower,
0: not as steep, and so the differential means your dollar buys less. It's, it's inflation. Worth less. It's they're,
5: exactly.
0: They're inflating the money supply, so prices are likely going to go up as and a result gonna, of that. And They're going to prop up just prices likely, of things.
5: Th- this kind of, th- these kind of numbers that we're talking about here, this is the road to Weimar, Germany. That's exactly uh, this is, right. This is Zimbabwe. This is the kind of situation where where you get a wheelbarrow full of money for your paycheck mm-hmm. in one day, and if you don't spend it that night, the next day, you can't buy a you loaf can't of bread.
4: You know, Glenn, I mentioned you guys off the air, Glenn. Jacobs and I were together on a Saturday, I, and and he's going to be over at the Liberty Forum. And Glenn is so sharp on this stuff. Uh, He was saying, look, Guard, I I see a very, very big potential for hyperinflation here, because what they're going to have to do is, and and we were talking about it, they've got these outstanding liabilities that they've already promised to people, which they can't. Social Security, within a few years, Mm -hmm. they're going to be, it's going to, as Ron Paul has indicated, Social Security and Medicare are going to take up 80% of the budget themselves, just those two items within a few years. No, they're not.
5: They're not going to deliver.
4: No, that's exactly right. But they would. So they're going to have to – what are they going to do? Are they going to default on those things? Are they going to raise taxes – even more on everybody. Are they going to bring up things up to 90? And even that will be insufficient. They won't be able to have a national defense because of these right. things. It's See, not going to be possible. Then you've got this, $10 trillion. So the only way that they can handle this, is their debt is going to be so big, exactly. They're going to have to monetize the debt. And the minute you think it's inflationary now, the minute they've got to monetize that debt because all of those all of those loans are going to be called in from foreign investors and things like that, the minute the foreign gov- the federal government has to monetize that debt, which is printing money to pay for the debt mm-hmm. to pay off these bonds that they've issued to these foreign countries and things like that then we're going to we're going to be in either close to or a hyperinflation situation it is Man, that's unavoidable yeah it's going to be really really bad and they're doing this people say oh well you know they're saving this it's like it's like it's like a crack addict not getting off the stuff and becoming more and more involved in the drug saying, "Oh, I'm going to take a little more now it'll make me feel a little bit better now." Yeah, but, but he's got to get off it. Exactly. We're all paying the price on like crack where it's just the one guy. Right. And and the other thing that that really bothers me is you've got you've got industries, whole industries that have been propped up by already the Federal Reserve's approach to easy lending that started in 2002, mm-hmm. right? 2002, 2003. They they specifically entered into an inflationary cycle to make the dollar worth less because American manufacturers were saying that they couldn't sell their products overseas because the dollar was fairly strong. And we kept hearing all this nonsense about deflation. No, it was just higher productivity. So the dollar was strong compared to other currencies. Yeah. Well, when the dollar is strong compared to other currencies, that means that we can buy tons of good stuff. Our dollars g- pretty good, but the manufacturers who try to sell overseas, the foreigners aren't buying that stuff. So now they're going to outstrip the productivity with inflation. Exactly, and, and they make the dollar worthless. worthless. Then what happens? Well, you get all this housing problem, and Ben Bernanke, this idiot, what a fool! Oh God, what an idiot! A few months ago, he was saying, well, and Paulson was doing the same thing. They were saying, well, you know, the problems here are just sector specific. They're only they're only involved with the housing market. And all we need to do is if we can handle the bad assets for these things like AIG and all these other, other organizations, everything will be fine. And anybody who knows wow. anything about the interconnectedness of the markets knows that everything's connected. There's no way that you can get incredible drops in housing and all the attendant services that go with it from road building to, to, Lawnmowers to wood. I mean, it just
0: it's stupid, it's stupid really stuff.
4: Is. So now we've got, and I'm glad you brought it up. Ten trillion dollars, potentially ten trillion dollars, seven as it stands right now, seven point seven trillion, that they're pushing, and it's it's already that's what the national debt stands. So they're going to double
0: it. It's crazy. Uh, would love your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Obviously, uh, silver and gold might be right. something people would want to consider taking a look at. And, of course, uh, you know we recommend our friends over at Midas Resources, if uh, you want to head over and visit them and, and pick up some silver, gold, and rhodium, and the rest of that stuff, platinum, uh, you can mention Free Talk Live, and uh, we will get a cut of your purchase. So great way to get your hands on some numismatics or some bullion uh, over at MidasResources.com. Uh, but also, looks like there's a new bank opening up, uh, the Free Lakota Bank, which is apparently only going to be doing business in precious metals. That least. is
4: just the cool, interesting. That, that is, is
0: so cool. Yeah, and apparently, I guess this is is this the Lakota Nation that's up yeah. to this? Yeah, yeah,
4: and they're and they're openly promoting the idea that they are not going to be a fiat currency. Everything is going to be backed, and they're not going to be leveraged.
0: They're not going to fractional reserve exactly. either. They're going to have dollar for dollar what they promise to have for you. Of course, my number one question is where are they going to keep all of this stuff, and, and, and what, what makes them think them. that they can defend it? one eight hundred two i would be interested in putting my money into a private bank, but... I'd rather have it be in my geographic area. Well, they say that they're uh, that they're they're their own nation. More on the way you take control this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Guard, And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features include... The Shrine of female listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com.
5: FunKnobs.com is an online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and pulls catered towards customers looking to have the playroom, the kids' room, the bathroom, or even the kitchen, a unique and fun flair. Funnobs.com is the creation of a parent company, Internobs.com. online since 2004. If you use code FTL, you can save 10% off the already wholesale price. Funnobs.com. All
0: eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 1-800-259-9231. I mentioned the Free Lakota Bank, which is, I'm not sure how brand new they are, but it seems pretty darn new. Uh, Freelakotabank.com is their website. And it looks as though what they're going to be doing is they'll take your Federal Reserve notes, and then essentially convert them into silver and or gold,
5: and they will apparently be storing that. Now I noticed that they have uh, some number, or, you know, the 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 printed word fifty on the back of this uh, buffalo head uh, silver piece here. So I'm wondering if they're taking essentially the uh, Liberty dollar model and you know giving you an ounce know. of silver for a fifty or something like that.
4: I bet you that's I, I bet you that's probably what they're doing, and they know that. Uh, being the lakota nation now they are supposed to be protected by certain treaties with yeah. the united states <laughs> good
5: good luck with that i mean yeah. i i, I, so I hope the not. best for them uh, i think that there's uh, there's some long legal battles i hope the battles are legal um that yeah, they right. that they've got to go through to to get that uh, to be a reality
4: uh it's just uh, beautiful i love the uh the design of it too it has uh an Indian brave or uh, a chieftain or something like that on the front with Lakota right up at the top, and there's a buffalo on the back. And, you know, to think about how, especially in the mid-1800s, the uh, Native Americans or the Indians, as they were called, were, you know, just absolutely decimated. Uh, Their lands were taken. I live in a town in New Hampshire, Amherst, which is named after General Amherst, who Mm -hmm. was the guy who came up with the idea of giving them those lice-infested mats so they would catch diseases. Oh my gosh! Yeah, classy, huh? Well, so,
5: um, you know, when you say native Native American, I was born here too. You know. Yeah, true. True. Mm-hmm. I absolutely. am looking at this uh, this
0: piece here, the silver piece that they've created, and the fifty that you're referring to, Mark, doesn't actually it doesn't say dollars anywhere on it. So it, does it just not. says fifty, really big, and then underneath that it says one ounce, point nine nine fine silver, AOCs approved, two thousand eight. Uh, so, some of their, it's got their website on it. It also says currency of the free and independent nation. So, it doesn't say dollars. And wh- the, one of the problems, I think, with the Liberty dollar model is the fact that if you want to continue sort of keeping it up to date with the current price of silver dem- denominated in US dollars you have to keep sending them back in to have them reminted, which can be a costly uh, a costly little game to play essentially with the with the silver that you have i mean so you're continuing to dump more money into it just to keep the uh, just to keep changing it and keep updating it with whatever the uh, the current value of silver is so i think that's one of the problems because for instance when they went up from the 10 to the 20 dollar base in the liberty dollar meaning that the uh, the 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 1 ounce piece was worth 10 bucks at one point and then at one point it was it worth up, 20 bucks yeah. and now it's moved up it moved up to 50 now it's going to pro- probably move back down again so i moved up i paid for the reminting at the 10 to 20 dollar range that was when i was really still into the liberty dollar and then i realized well, i can't keep doing this I mean, this is costly i mean it's still an ounce of silver so i'm just going to keep it as an ounce of silver as opposed to continuing to to update the value on its front and indeed if i'd paid the money to up it into the 50 dollar range and then it drops back down to the 20 dollar range i mean you just keep throwing money into it and that it just, seems like it that's just incredibly inefficient yeah. yeah it just doesn't make sense it, it the the only reason for that is because the they market the liberty dollar as an educational tool more than an, and than an actual currency i mean it is an alternative currency but it's also supposed to be for educational purposes um so as far as the currency is concerned clearly we need to have just ounceage uh the actual weights written on these things and having different Different levels, not just one ounce, but half ounce and, and quarter at, ounce at, at and things like time,
4: that. At this time, Ian, you know, uh, it, there couldn't be a better time to be trying to explore alternative ways to try to retain the value of the of your effort, of your labor, and of your time. You know, of of, of, of the things you value. These. there, There can be nothing more important, I think, than educating people about how dangerous it is to allow government to control the valuation of money. You cannot have a free market in any semblance, in any way whatsoever, when politicians control the value of your currency. It's not possible. From step one, a priori. You've got you've got a, a controlled a controlled system.
0: I love what they're doing here, though. Again, FreelacotaBank.com dot com is their website. I have signed up for their email updates, so hopefully, as news continues to come out, I'll kind of be kept in the loop here as as what's going on with these guys. Because I'd love to see some sort of similar effort to this being done here in New Hampshire. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm interested in getting. Involved in something like this, but I also don't like the idea of having the location that the the silver is being held somewhere else. I mean, I just don't like that because I know that the Liberty Dollar folks were raided back into November of 2007 by the federal government. You're saying that this is their own nation, but that's not necessarily going to stop the feds from coming in with guns and stealing their doesn't their gold stop and the silver.
5: Uh, doesn't stop the feds from going in uh, California and uh, shutting down legal marijuana dispensaries. Exactly. I so
4: wonder. I wonder if they're doing. This is very interesting because since it's another nation i don't know what all the treaties are but it's possible that the federal government might impose some sort of a tariff if the stuff leaves because possible. they could you know that's that's definitely so if you're getting this stuff shipped to you maybe they're keep uh, it, i don't know it, it's very very strange
0: because something then i they, want to keep an eye on for yeah, sure yeah it's very interesting, and somebody should, you know, if there are people that are that have the capital in order to do this in New Hampshire, I could see this as being big here. And there are a lot of people, I think, that would be very interested in having some private banking services, having a bank that's not beholden to the federal government. I mean, that's the that's the biggest, I think that's one of the biggest deals for me, is to have something like that. I would love that. I would yeah. so totally put money into a bank like that, if they could ensure that it was going to be safe. Maybe, you, you know,
4: know I, I have only looked at this for a cursory couple minutes today, but maybe I'll try to call them. And see if I could talk to him, interview somebody for the for the website or something That's like a that. Great that could idea. be really interesting.
0: Let's talk to David in New York. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Hello. Evening. David. Hey, you're on hey. the air.
8: Alright. Um relative to the gold currency idea, uh, all my research shows me that the three most prosperous currents were completely fiat, and that would be the uh, banknote of Venice, the tally stick of Britain and the greenback of the United States of America. And it seems that the money that's cheapest to produce and the hardest to replicate, as far as counterfeiting, has been the most successful. And then if the central bankers of the world gain their initial wealth through a gold system. It seems to me that the biggest problem of it all is the fact that when you create loans with interest, you wind up with all the money eventually. And whether it's gold or paper, when it's gold, you take all the gold back in, you reduce the amount of gold in circulation, then that causes a deflationary period, no. and then all you got to do is dump the gold back out of the market and you can buy everything up. Hey. What we need is a sovereign fiat currency that is created with no debt whatsoever, so all of it is circulated in the economy and everybody's able to pay back their debt.
5: Who would control the printing of it? Well, that's a good
8: question, but somebody you wants look to into kill the people? Bank of Venice, it ran for 300-something and something years without a problem, so Napoleon took it out. Gardner, and you're shaking
0: was- your head over here. I want to give you a chance to respond to David. David, I'm going to put you on hold and bring you back here. 800-259-9231. He wants what he calls a sovereign fiat money system. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not interested in that. I think I want some value. I want to accuracy. follow the money.
5: I know, that, that's, right. you know that's where the power is in the world. Let's talk about this
0: here in moments and take your calls as well about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. If you dial toll-free 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line, it is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. They include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download it right there on the front page of the website. Going back for an entire year completely free at freetalklive.com.
5: Do you have a business? is that business owned uh, owed some uh, fiat currency we've been talking ab- about by individuals or other businesses SACL CAI does accounts receivable of all sorts they uh, do early out billing collections uh, they purchase charged off receivables you can find out more about the biggest sponsor of the show SACL CAI by going to their website which is uh, you know you can link it's a link through the banner at freetalklive.com it's the top uh, banner on the page on the right hand side that's SACL CAI
0: 800-259-9231, that is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and we continue here. Uh, we bring back David, who is online in New York. Now, David, you were suggesting that uh, instead of having value-backed currency, that people should use a sovereign fiat currency. And I know that uh, Mark and Gardner had some questions uh, for clarification on all this issue. Sure. But Before they do that, what do you mean by a sovereign fiat currency in the first place?
8: Okay, well, let me preface this statement. I think putting your savings in an IOU note, so to speak, is crazy. I have no problem with putting your savings in commodities like gold and silver because they're small, they're valued, and you can store them away. It's just the same way you put your money in property or copper pipes if you're a plumber or anything. I think it's crazy to leave your money in an IOU note. But there's so many people, there's so much circulation of money, there's not enough gold to go around And any bank that's allowed to loan gold will always eventually wind up with the majority of the gold. And as long as they save some of that away, they'll cause a deflationary period, which will make everything – it'll take less gold to buy things. And when that happens, they can dump the gold that they saved up back in the market and buy up everything. So what I'm saying is birth a note out of nothing that's hard to replicate, and you can inflate them as much as you want. That would just make things cost more. But the main issue is the fact that all money is birthed out of debt. Therefore, because of the interest, there's always more money owed than is in circulation. So the minute the banks stop loaning money, you go into an extreme deflationary period where when everybody's paying back their loans to the bank, it reduces the amount of money in circulation next to nothing. Now, if you look at the Bank of Venice, their paper notes – circulated at a premium to their actual value of about 140%. And if you look at the tally, stick, which was a piece of wood, you could save your money in a piece of wood with the king. He would keep one half of the stick. You would keep the other half of the stick. And that worked for 700 years until the bankers opened the Bank of England after bankrupting England through a war and completely got rid of the tally stick system. So I'm saying there's nothing wrong with gold, but to make the world – currency or the nation's currencies of gold it, it can't work, especially this day and age where there's so much stuff on paper already, you would have to go through the worst economic crisis, world war horrible future to even be able to get on a gold standard
5: now i i i hear some of the problems that you're talking about and they are not insignificant uh david but uh and before i i release the uh the the heavyweight champion in the form of the g-dog here anya i got a couple Mm -hmm. of questions um sure uh, now what do you what do you define a successful uh fiat currency as like what what defines something as successful
8: well it's the institution that prints the money works with that money. Like, for instance, the Federal Reserve has a monopoly on the currency, and our Congress borrows money from the Federal Reserve.
5: There were three currencies you mentioned. You said they were the most successful. What were the criteria or criterium by which you defined those currencies as successful?
8: Okay. Uh, Let's see. It's kind of hard to explain, but basically as long as you keep – a proper amount printed and the institution that prints them doesn't go out of control printing them you can maintain the value of the currency so no. the ma- is no.
5: maintenance of value no maintenance yes. of value okay great gold and silver have maintained their value for thousands of years the value not has hundreds
8: fluctuated constantly
5: well they 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 they, value, they fluctuate constantly compared to based what? compared to fiat compared to currencies everything
8: that you spend them on pa- pa- and compared to do fiat that, currencies when any banking institution is allowed to collect the majority of the gold, they will screw you just as bad as w- no, what they're doing no, with
4: no, paper. No, no, uh, no. And Mark's Mark's question, and I'm sorry we disagree on this, but uh, we just come from two fundamentally different uh, philosophies about uh, about uh, monetary, the valuation of money in the first place. Uh, the valuation uh-huh. of money is determined subjectively. Uh, it's not okay. based on it's not based on um, on owing something. It's based on free exchange people both thinking they're getting a positive result a out belief of the exchange. Structure. No, it's it's that that is the essence of the valuation of money is subjective. And so therefore, if you're gonna have a subjective valuation of an exchange, one person exchanging with another or with a group of people, uh, they organically come up with something that they find seem tends to hold some value. And it is mm-hmm. the very difficulty of getting gold, getting silver, getting other precious metals that allows them to retain their value longer than the currencies that are issued by governments, the paper currencies. And it doesn't matter how many people you want to try to put in there to hold down the inflationary pressures of government printed money. The mechanistic result is always going to be that the government will begin to issue more currency than the productivity curve can really allow, and you're going to get inflationary well, pressures. that would
8: be detrimental to the government's own savings. That would be detrimental to everybody in the government, all their families.
4: Right, you're right. It would, right. It
5: would be no, detrimental to, to that. You're absolutely right, uh, to but to the, they don't look wait, wait, at it. Wait, them wait, before, before you go on, uh, wait. That's it's not detrimental because the people in the government realize that by going to war that they can gain things like land and capital. Uh, from uh, you know, from another country, they can uh, give, the they can give uh, spiffs to their little friends in the uh, military-industrial complex and get kickbacks. So they say to themselves, "This is worth it. Let's turn on the printing press and go to war, baby." Yeah. A fiat the printing, currency, that's the a fiat currency is a bridge to war. About
8: all the money plus interest. It's not the government mm-hmm. who's ruining the currency. It's the fact that the Federal Reserve. Prints the money, and the government has an agreement to to pay the Federal Reserve with our taxes. <laughs> let me, so they let, me let me Congress just give you a... a free pass to loan out as much money as they want to. Let that me just not, give
4: you no a quick address, overview. You, you did not
5: in any way address what let I said. Let me just
4: give you a quick overview of, of some of the major historical examples of why you don't want to get the government involved with printing anything or giving well, the a monopoly. Bank of
8: wasn't the government?
4: Yeah. Well, this is the thing. If you've got if you've got a private institution that's different if you've got any connection with the government of a private institution which has a monopoly the way the Fed does now or the government itself you cannot get around it the history of United States banking even during the so-called free banking era was that the government established all sorts of regulations even if the private banks were going to issue money they the only way that they could issue money is if they bought a certain amount of federal or state debt and then guess what yeah. happened guess what happened to the to the states? they reneged on on their on their agreements on their debts and they they ended up causing a systemic breakdown in the so-called free banking system which was not that, free during the Jacksonian era no that era.
8: benefited the central banks it didn't benefit the government
4: right now what one of the important things that that I think needs to be fixed here is you say that if we went on a gold gold standard then the uh, there were there isn't enough gold to allow for everybody to be able to deal with the deal with the deal with each other monetarily but that's why yeah. you you establish a certain valuation for your de- your denomination of money, whatever the money is going to be.
8: So you have carrying around milligrams?
4: No. Well, you can have whatever it is going to be, <laughs> but the valuation, as long as it is a standard valuation and it is produced, it is produced by private banks dealing with customers
8: with interest.
4: With interest, and there is nothing wrong with interest. Get the money that way, no, though. no, you, how, don't, you don't. You don't understand. You don't understand the way interest works. You've got to allow banks to be able to issue currency, uh, issue loans based on interest, because there is a valuation for people's time. Again, that's subjective. Israel Kirzner is a terrific Austrian economist and taught for years at New York University, and he wrote a great treatise on the theory of of interest in banking. Interest is again a subjective valuation based on what you have planned for your money over a short term, over a long term. And it so, gives
8: you the ability to lend out more money. Thank you, than
0: David, you for the have. call. I've got <laughs> one more
5: I've got to get this question
0: in. Oh David, are you still there? So go there. Okay, well, hang on. We'll bring him back. 800-259-9231. What about his uh, his idea that, you know, if the banks are charging interest, then there's never enough to pay back all of the loans plus the interest? How do you address that? We'll find out here in moments. 800-259-9231. This, is free, I I this is, is free talk live. I get interest when I deposit I get interest when I deposit stuff. Free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard, And Mark. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show... And you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at Amazon.freetalklive.com. You've got shopping to do for your own life and, of course, for buying gifts for this upcoming holiday season. You might as well do it over at Amazon.freetalklive.com. We can pick up great books like Live Free or Die, which is Gardner's book. Hey, You thank can you get that friend. through Amazon.freetalklive.com or Dr. Mary Ruart's book, which show oh, we yeah. talk about a lot here. So all kinds of great stuff uh, is available there. 41 categories in which to shop. Lots of great shipping deals. A lot of uh, free Super Saver shipping is available on a whole bunch of items so get your shopping done over at amazon.freetalklive.com and feel good that free talk live is getting a cut of your purchase Uh, we go back to david in new york david you mentioned uh, you've been talking about this idea of how you don't believe that value-backed currency is something that uh, that people should be using you propose something that you call a sovereign fiat currency i'm not sure what that really means but like a
8: baseball card there you go. Uh, the company that produces the baseball card has an invested interest in keeping the circulation to a certain degree so it holds a value. If they print too many of them, they become valueless.
5: What's their, so what's their interest in that?
4: Yeah.
8: Well, I mean, if you print too many Babe Ruth cards, they're not going to be worth anything a 100 years, well, well, But Babe Road. Ruth but you... cards,
5: but Babe Ruth cards are sold in a uh, bubblegum pack. So the company gets the same amount of money for the Babe. I'm not saying that uh that, that it's a terrible example, but I'm just wondering, yeah, it, you know, you know, or, you know it's,
4: there are a couple things. First of all, baseball cards have an inherent value of their own. Uh the people buy them for a specific interest, they trade them for a specific interest. It's exactly. completely different than a dollar bill. So no, that's the same thing as gold. No, it's silver, not. Yak not dung, right, cells, right. That's but if you're, but the current, that that's why I'm something. saying, that's why I'm saying, if you're going to try to print a, a some piece of paper that is analogous to gold, then you've got to tie an it. You've gotta, know, on, on. it. It's IOU for labor. It's that doesn't work that way. You can't, you can't, you can't just say here I'm printing printing some colorful paper that will act as a means of exchange for you unless it's people. Th- than gold. No, it hasn't. What? Gold, gold been has gold was, many times. Gold has, gold has every been every system around the planet. Hard currencies were the first monies that yes, is and just they
8: were clipped and they were debased and right they were but who did shoved it shoved who did it this is the state point did that. this is
4: the this is the point if you've got private banks they don't clip things unless they're tied to government and they can get away with it if you've got a transparent everybody's going to try and clip the coins government's of making. Rome who I just I gave well, a speech so the, about the this. advantage that you're
5: talking <laughs> about here of a sovereign fiat currency would apply to a sovereign gold or silver backed currency yeah but before you're, you're we go before
4: we go that far though uh, he brought up that, that they get clipped They get clipped by the Roman government. (laughs) If you look at at the Roman government, yeah, but if you've got private institutions that are clipping, clipping the coins... No if going you have do do private institutions, nobody's going to do business with them. If they're putting in extra metals, if they're debasing their coins, people will mm-hmm. weigh them, and right. they will test them, and they'll say, no, this actually isn't 100% gold. It's not correct, and I'm not doing business with that person. But when you have a law, a legal monopoly, where the government says, we're printing it, and you're going to accept it for the same amount as, as we were offering them before, you're screwed.
0: That's uh, what fiat is, is where the government <laughs> forces this uh, paper system down on everybody. The reason right. why it lasts for so long is because it's backed up by men with guns. Right. I mean, legal tender the means Bank you're forced to and, utilize it neither was the
8: tally stick. Well, the we have to, stick.
0: well, you know, here's what I'd like we'll to see to you do then. That. Why don't you just start your uh, sovereign currency and see how many well, people
5: want to take it? it. Th- 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 uh, th- that'd be great that's a great question um idea. Right. I'd like to make the point though that uh the uh, where where is this uh the these banks that uh collected all the gold because they were giving interest out and then uh you know debased the value of gold by releasing it um like where's the, well, the historical best one
8: would be the rothschild family
5: uh, when was this
8: When? It's specifically the rothschild family well, the first guy's last name wasn't Rothschild, and I can't remember it but when he did operated it happen it out of Germany then his family. They changed the name to Rothschild because of the crest they had over their bank, and then they spread out through Europe and then bought up all the economies.
5: Uh, and, uh, uh, so, and so, so you're and, talking about government-issued uh, uh, gold-backed currencies. Is that that gold? see, they the Rothschilds. Basically, the government is just the, bank. the, bank
8: the <laughs> cardboard cutout that sits in front of the bank. The bank controls the government because they bankrupted all governments around see, the world. See, this is like why. So You see that competition? So
5: competition would 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 uh, eliminate this. Exactly. <laughs> you
4: got to get the government out of the equation. This is what not, we're saying.
8: I'm not saying that the government did look, or look, didn't do anything. This I'm is, saying uh, the governments are all bankrupt uh, around the world. They're all.
4: No, no, no. Sorry, Dave. I know we disagree about it. There are two points I really want to make. Make. Sure. The first one is if you look at the history of of money, mm-hmm. the times when you have the most stable currency means of exchange.
8: Greenback. No, 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 sorry. not now the greenback said, at all. Thank you, I'm telling you. No, you no listen, listen. When the
5: when the, the, the at the damn Act, research. The really fact is, the greenback is worth three percent of what it was you in really 1913 are. when they started with it. Talk about some research, man. If it's lost 97 percent of its value.
4: Okay, there there are a couple yeah. points I want to bring up. Uh, the first off, first off. Uh, if you look at uh, things like uh, the Civil War, okay, uh-huh. uh, when they started off, a lot of these, the, the Treasury had to fund the Civil War. They had massive, massive debts, right? So they issued yeah, they greenbacks. It with the greenback. They issued greenbacks, right? Correct. And guess what happened to the value of the greenback?
8: Explain to me what happened to the value of the greenback.
4: Well, originally they were going to tie it to gold, and then a guy named William Jen- William Jennings Bryan came along, and guess what happened? What happened? He wanted to tie it to silver. Why? Because Silver's people, more available.
7: Silver that's would be right. way better
4: it's than chi- gold. No, this is the whole point. He represented agrarian interests. They had great and massive debts, a lot of farmers. He was a populist. He said, these people owe a lot of money to banks. But if they can pay it back in silver, then the silver is cheaper. And we'll call it a dollar. So they won 't have to actually be paying back as much because the silver is cheaper. They were debasing the value of the hey. greenback. The government interventionists got involved now here's one more point I just want to bring up if you're talking about if you're talking about interest uh-huh. if you're a bank and you're let's say you're a private bank right <clears throat> any kind of any kind of banking institution and you want to stay in business, you have an option if you're not allowed to issue. Uh, issue credit to give loans for interest and get them paid back at a certain rate based on the time and the valuation of your time and the opportunities you're losing by giving up that money, you could hypothetically... Take your money that you've had dropped off from all the different depositors and things like that and try to start up businesses and make money over out of the money that you've got there. And you would have yep. promissory notes and you'd say, well, you know, folks, we're going to keep X percent here, fractional reserve banking, and we're but we're going to be doing this business. Now, people would be open. They could say, well, I don't want to keep my money there. You're keeping X percentage there. But that would be very expensive and costly for the banks to say, well, let's start up a construction company. Let's buy up some backhoes, and and that's how we'll make our profit. Instead, they have people approach them with projects. And these people say, I've got a good idea. Here's what I think the payoff is going to be. Here's what I think my overhead is. Do you think it's good? I'd love to get a loan. Now, the bank could say, well, we have opportunities that we – could use our money for this, but it looks like we get a better deal there. They issue a loan to the, at, you know customer X, and he will pay back based on what he promises to pay them back, and they make their profit. That's how they well, stay in business. Uh, there is no problem with a bank issuing loans in any who run way. People
8: banks are extremely greedy, and eventually, why they don't will you wind open your own bank the then? The money why don't when you? When they al- wind up with the majority of the money supply, all they have to do is slowly reduce it. The price everything drops You know what? You're living in a world... Da- hold on a second. You're living... David, you're living in a world where you believe that only... I really feel you guys need to do a little more research. Okay, thanks Man, for I've been researching David. this very thoroughly. <laughs> the fact is, from you
5: um, the, the same thing could be said about Walmart. Walmart is taking in value. Um, they're taking it in in the value in, 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 in the form of money. Now, that money represents things that you can buy. They should be able to theoretically collect all the money in the world, then release it, and, uh, you know, make money. But they're not doing that Because they have competition.
0: And that's the other thing that we haven't even mentioned here. And it seems like David is, uh, in his whatever examples he's giving, he's sort of giving in the realm where only David's currency will be the currency or only one style of uh, gold-backed paper will be the currency. And and I think he's ignoring the fact that in a free market there can be several different alternative currencies available out there to where if what he's saying is true and somehow some one bank is able to collect a whole bunch of gold, well, that doesn't affect the people out there doing business in silver or palladium, or whatever. I mean, it's, it may affect them in that their values might change, but but there are, there are other currencies in the marketplace to help offset whatever that uh, I'm, might I'm be. I'm for
5: what he says when he says a sovereign, uh, which which I assume to mean a a, a company that is uh, or a, an organization that is somehow separate from the government, a sovereign uh, fiat currency. I'm for that because at that point, if, I don't you want have it. A, if you can have a sovereign fiat currency, you can have a sovereign gold or silver or banana backed currency, which means that the real to me. What uh, you know? My understanding of economics is that the uh, the value back currency will drive out this uh, fiat paper garbage that uh, that he's talking about, and you'll have. You know, people dealing in real money instead of governments having control. The greenback
4: was stable while it was tied to gold. That's all you need to say. It's and true. then it got destabilized when they decoupled it.
0: That's history for you. 800-259-9231. That's the cycle CAI toll-free line. As you might imagine, people want to comment on this. Of course, you can bring up whatever you want. Hour number three is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. We're launching an hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right to your phone calls. We go to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matt.
9: Evening,
0: guys. Hey, you're on the (coughs) Ampline.
9: Okay, last hour you were talking to this guy about... Money, and um I wanted to reiterate you actually brought up one of the points I was going to bring up at the end uh that uh, if his currency was competing with other currencies that had value, people would most likely uh use the currencies with value rather than using his.
5: Right, he was uh, talking currency. about a currency that would be a fiat currency, but it would be sovereign in that it would be issued by, I assume, a, uh, a you know an, an independent organization that would not be government uh, uh, related. And he used uh, baseball cards, which are, in fact, you know, they're basically a commodity in the same way. And he he said as much as as gold and silver, except that they're. Uh, um, you know, they don't have the uses that gold and silver do from an industrial and. Uh, they're
4: paper and they're created by people using certain resources like paper and ink and things like that. So there's a certain amount of effort. And the
9: value, there. the value of a baseball card is no more than what a person is willing to pay for that baseball Precisely.
5: card. It's, well, that's true with gold right. and silver, but exactly. it's uh, you know there's there's more of a foundation um, there than there is with baseball cards because the company that issues the baseball cards could decide to become rich by printing more baseball cards. Right. Well,
9: and, one and of the one of the uh, things that that this gentleman said. Uh, during the course of the uh, conversation that caused me to call, was um, he was talking about what uh, what they would do with uh, silver if if um, if there's not enough to go around. He said, "Would you measure it in milligrams?" And one of the things that I learned recently was um, in this area in Illinois, uh, back in the early 1800s, before uh, 1850, um, there was a, a very tight supply of silver, and it was used as money. And they did, in fact, take silver rounds, and they had tools, they had instruments, and they would measure one-sixteenth or Mm one-thirty-second of a silver round, and they would cut slivers off of the silver rounds as payment for very small and expensive things.
5: Absolutely. So
9: human beings are very innovative and very intelligent, and yes, they might. If you had something that was worth a very small amount, and you were an industrious um, entrepreneur who wanted to sell stuff and you were using silver, you might take little tiny grams or um, or milligrams of silver. You you might uh, buy an instrument that that can shave a small amount of silver off of a, a coin. The, and and use that
4: the ease of and creation uh, you're absolutely right and and uh, you certainly could do that because it it shouldn't freak people out even if you were going to have milligrams or ounces or pounds sterling or whatever it might be you know the the name the pound comes from the weight of what what something was way, way, way back at the pound sterling and all these different types of things. They came from actual weights for the currencies. And it's very interesting to see because you can have a very tiny amount as long as that was organically agreed to by people within the marketplace as being something that was valuable. They can use that as a medium of exchange, and they can say, "Well, you know what? I will ask for x amount of of uh, grams of silver for my services." The thing about it is that if it's very difficult to get this particular commodity as as you know, uh, then that helps it stabilize if you can if human beings can create these things very easily, then there's really no way to be able to control the value of it. It can be devalued all the time. It's like that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy thing. At a certain point, these uh, people from another planet, they crash land on Earth, and they've been stuck there for over a year, and they're trying to figure out they're having problems with their currency because they're using leaves as currency. So they realize that it's led to hyperinflation because its leaves are so readily available. And so what they've decided to do is go out on a mission to basically devalue uh to to de to uh to revalue their currency and they're gonna burn down all the forests. Excellent. That's the absurdity of it, you know? So it's the same thing with the baseball cards and and, and really the, the, you get a you get a better baseball card. Um, a cipher. If you have something like gold, and you add the human element of, let's say, a beautiful drawings, beautiful pictures, and things like that, that makes it even more valuable. So I don't see why he's so reluctant to move over to the to the specie currency.
0: Matt, any other thoughts? Uh, just,
9: uh, yeah, especially since you know there's there's a historical basis for it. Yeah, and people yeah. have used it in the past. Why shouldn't they use it in the future? In the past, it was. You know the the economies uh, ran just perf- perfectly fine on them. So why not in the future?
0: Yeah. Now, thanks, Dar- Matt, for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231.
5: Gardner. Gresham's law says that uh, valuable, uh, that they um, bad money chases out good. Bad money chases out good, right. which is sort of the opposite of what we've been saying here. How does Gresham's law f- fit in with this competing currencies that are sovereign kind of thing?
4: Well, uh, if you've got competing currencies, uh, different banks issuing currency redeemable for certain stores of gold. And they can, if they want to, have fractional reserves as long as people go and they find out what are your fractions. Uh, do I think your investments are risky or not risky? I'm perfectly fine with legal, private fractional reserve banking if the banks are transparent. That And they would be in a private marketplace. You You're not I am definitely an Osbornean, my friend. Definitely, the precedent has been set by Osborne. But um, yeah, um, it, what you what you have is um, with these uh, with these competing currencies, is the good drives out the bad. In this case, just like good products drive out the bad products because there's competition and people don't want bad
5: products. So um now why I guess I've heard Gresham's law before and have never understood it I know that uh, essentially that g- people will hoard good currency and spend right. bad currency That's what I do. I right. mean
0: I don't spend my
5: silver.
4: Right. It's Generally. All, it, exactly same thing with me. It's all it's all within in an, an, an environment of government. Right it, it, it would money.
5: have to be in, in the area of government where uh, you know someone is Forced to take something as currency because you, yeah. I, I just don't, um, I can't imagine a fiat currency with no backing working in uh, in an arena. Although this gentleman says that it did, it seems very odd to me. These tally sticks uh, or, or whatever, um, they they worked when there was obviously gold well, and hey, silver. I around. Love, I
4: love Ian's Ian's suggestion before the break. Hey, you know what? You introduce your baseball card style fiat currency and have it compete against other ones, and let we'll, the market we'll see do the decide. Happens. Right, uh, it's not a problem. And what you'll find is. <laughs> It's inevitable what you'll find is that which holds and retains its value and does not fluctuate that long – will be the currency to which people turn.
0: What about the interest example? I feel like I've been hung up on this before, and it's kind of a tricky question that he was asking. I don't think that anybody, either of you, have really answered it. What well, about I, the question I'll of, be happy to. of you got, you've got this gold-backed currency, mm-hmm. and the bank is going to lend you 100 uh, ounces of gold, and they're going to say, yeah, okay, well, you've got to pay this back in a couple of years' time, and you've got to pay us back 110 ounces of gold
5: where uh, where? I mean obviously people and can the buy begins, new gold and because the bank um, is then getting more money back than they lent out that at some point they're going to manage to uh, you know have all the gold everywhere or at least enough gold that they can uh, they will then be able to release it on the market for, uh, at a higher rate and be able to make money or something like that you know if you can control they'll hoard that's all part they'll two get of all the, the question. gold that right. was
0: part two of the question but the original question is well where does the extra gold come from in order to pay off the interest if there's only only ...only X gold out there in the marketplace... How can this? I mean, is, yes, gold
5: can be mined from the earth, but where does it come from um, besides that? To well, that's gold? really that the it? answer. Is that uh, you, you know you're, you're talking about? Um, you know, there'll be different commodities that people have, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll fluctuate. The fact is, the value of gold and gold to silver does fluctuate, and you'll see those uh, that interest being sucked up in those in those fluctuations. Um, it'll disappear, unlike with fiat currency as it uh, currently exists today. And like you've said, we're not talking about just gold-backed money or. Gold Old money. We're talking about gold and silver and bananas and uh, rhodium and everything else out there. People exchanging things of value, right? Bear bonds for uh, you know the exchange of uh, you know a, a busload of clams or whatever it is that they want to want to get. So and, and and obviously banks have to charge a certain amount of interest because they pay a certain amount of interest in order to have the money to loan so, and they have to keep their lights on and they have employees um, who then will be borrowing money from different places and lending money because when you when you put money in banks you're lending so it all goes around in a big circle uh, there, there are a
4: couple of things i don't know if you want to go on after the spot but also um, uh, there will be an increased demand for gold there'll be more profitability t- to look for gold in addition to that even as the banks call in the loans from these other people there are going to be there are going to be more demands from more people in the future for more loans
0: 800-259-9231 is the number you're welcome to chime in on this or bring up anything this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those, including updates. You get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com.
5: You know that email is not secure, but hey... Privacy's dead anyway, right? Wrong. Introducing privacyharbor.com, an easy-to-use, secure email alternative. Sign up for a free account today at privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure. Privacy.com. Privacyharbor.com, excuse me. Uh, I have an email account there. It is easy to use. 1-800-259-9231,
0: one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one still talking about uh, financial matters specifically currency uh what things will be like in the realm of private market based competing currencies, uh, this sort of fantasy land that we all have uh, versus the current reality of the government debt based uh fiat currency and one of the issues that came up last hour and we've sort of just been continuing continuing discussion of various different aspects of this was the question of uh, of the interest situation you know if uh one of the major currencies is is based in gold, and the bank uh, loans out X amount to you and says you've got to pay us back X plus Y you know, in interest. Well, where does that extra money come from if there's only so much gold out there in the first place? And I'm, I'm having a tough time with this, so let me see if I can translate what you guys have told me here. Uh, if the bank lends out 100 ounces in gold and says you've got to pay back 115 ounces – and that is done, then that means that bank has that extra gold that's that's you know that's on hand, meaning it's not really necessarily out in the economy at, at that point. So therefore, the gold might be actually more valuable as a result of there not being a lot of it out there, meaning that they won't have to loan out as much of it the next time they make a loan, which. Means well, they keep loaning less and less of it because yeah. of the value increases. You get you get
4: it. You get a a couple things that happen. Uh, for every time the bank loans money out, uh, the money is not just going into the hands of the the particular um, person who's starting the business. That person will then sh- send the money out to other people and so on and so forth. And as long as the banks are issuing productive loans and to to productive businesses. What you'll see is the banks will get repaid, but it's not like David said where the banks are going to get all the money because now there's been new value created. There've been new ventures started. The money actually can get you more and other people have the money now. More money has been more money has been spent around and sent around to all these different types of people than what that particular bank had. So what happens is when the bank calls in its loans, it'll get back what it what it got. And now, the productivity of those ounces of gold,
0: what those ounces of gold represent... They represent, it's gone up. They, yeah, it's gone up. Because so, because it's real money and it's not based on debt. And so out there in the economy, people are creating new products and services. The wealth pie is continually increasing. Exactly. The pie what, is expanding. What gold will purchase would be more at that point because uh, because of competition and production and increases in productivity. The prices of the products might even be going down as well uh, to where that ounce of gold buys more at that point than it did Prior to the loan, uh, the loan being uh, actually initiated, right? Is that right?
4: Right, absolutely right. And and what'll end up happening? And why would they want
0: to hold on to it when they could loan that back out and make more interest? I mean, so what's the interest to, right, in the bank to, right. to hold it? To hoard it that gold? It's
4: not going to happen. And 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 the idea was, well, they could get all the gold and then they'd go and buy everything. You know, they'd go and and, and buy up all these businesses and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, but they could just give loans out and continue to give loans out, and the businesses could do what they do best, and then the banks could just continue to make loans, right? To and banks aren't going
5: to aren't going to end up with all the value in the, any more than any other company would end up with all the value in the world, because there will be other banks competing against them, right? Be, essentially, you could say the same thing about lawnmowers. If I could make lawnmowers and I was the only person making lawnmowers, I could sell my lawnmowers at anything I wanted. My lawn- Mower now costs twenty thousand dollars. Soon I will have all the money in the world. It's 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 foolish. Somebody else is gonna make a lawnmower. Or and, I'm gonna go out with a pair of scissors and just start clipping people's lawns. Right. And, and, and
4: one of the key things that you gotta gotta remember is if the bank is handing out a loan to a business, that business wants to make sure that as the years pass it can make more of its product or do more of its services. For less productivity. That's With their interest. Exactly. Sure. With productivity gains, they beat their interest. They're getting back. They're getting, they're getting more for what they're selling, more than what they got in their loan. They're making their profit. But in addition to making their profit, they want to increase their profit by greater productivity. As you get greater productivity, it'll cost people less to be able to buy the products. This is a great piece. If people can find a a, a short pamphlet, I mentioned it off the air to to the guys. It's called Less Than Zero by uh, George Selgin. Uh, I think it's, yeah, Selgin uh, wrote it. It was published by the Institute for Economic Affairs. Go to um, the Institute for Economic Affairs website over in the UK. It's great, and he talks about how if you had a private uh, banking paradigm, you could actually see decreasing costs for things, and it wouldn't be deflation per se. It would be productivity gains allowing you to get more for your money, not less for your
0: money. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, so that ounce we can of gold. see some of that right now. I mean, because the marketplace is so powerful right. and so amazing at reducing costs of uh, of creating Computers products and services. And- you can see it in computers, All you can kinds see it in various different products that are that are cheaper today than they used to be 20 years ago. Right this now, what, oh, oh, this is
5: the thing that, uh, this is the true redistribution of wealth in the most fair fashion. Um, that You always hear about the socialists redistributing wealth. This is the way that instead of uh, inflation uh, concentrating the wealth at the hands of the people at the top of the pyramid, and those people are essentially bankers and uh, politicians, uh, you know, the the wealthy and uh, the politically connected, you'll see people in Incentivized instead of to spend, which is what with inflation you're incentivized to spend, with deflation, a small amount, you'll see people incentivized to save. And, and, and by being able to save, they will then have control of their lives and their money, and they will build wealth, and you will see a real distribu- redistribution of wealth.
4: One of the key things to remember in, in Selgin's paradigm, which is, is very, very important, is As you get those productivity gains, your coin, your ounce of gold or whatever, begins to buy you more, Mm -hmm. right? So therefore, if you're going for a loan, you don't have to go for as big a loan to get what you needed to get before uh, a year before. You can actually get lowering, decreasing interest rates with a productivity increase because people don't need as much of the particular commodity to get what they had gotten the year before. So it makes now, doing business
0: easier and even less risky. Exactly. Let's go to your phone calls. Uh, Cliff is on the line in Florida. Cliff, you're on Free Talk Live with the Guard and Mark. Hey, guys.
10: How are you doing tonight? Hey.
0: What's on your mind, Cliff?
10: All right. Same conversation that you guys were just talking about. I have to disagree with you uh, on, 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 one, on one thing. Well, a couple things, actually. Uh first thing is I think gold is as fiat as uh, any any other currency because, you know, pretty much, you know, you could find more gold. So therefore, or any any government can say from now on we're going to go ahead and use gold as our standard. So therefore, that makes it fiat by, you know, by definition. But the other thing that I want to talk about is is, is um, when you take a look at currencies. So one of the things that I thought about to kind of, I guess, uh, try to stabilize, try to use a stable uh, currency is, Instead of using one thing, like gold, for instance, which I think if you were to use just gold, if all banks were to say, you know, okay, we're going to go ahead and use gold, what would happen is, yeah, you're going to have a, a huge, um, there will be a huge gap between the rich and the poor. Because of the fact that, again, you know, if it's going to be based on interest, we're going to get to a point where, where um, basically, you know, it's going to, basically the, the
0: rich are going to have money. No.
5: Well, is, is that, isn't that that what's happening with, uh, with Walmart? I mean, um, except that they have competition. I want
0: to get back to this. Hang on, Cliff. We'll bring it back. 800-259-9231. I'm not sure I understood his question. I mean,
5: I'm not sure I understood my answer. It wasn't well articulated.
0: More on the way here. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free, 800-259-9231. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is free time. Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is eight hundred two five nine 259 That is uh, the single CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard And Mark. toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, a broadband version, dial-up version, a webcam all- version, all available free to you at listen.freetalklive.com. Again, listen.freetalklive.com. And if you love Liberty, then you should check out Bureaucrash Social. It's the place for you to connect with freedom fighters from around the world. At Bureaucrash Social, you can share your ideas, obtain resources, and document your activism, as well as find awesome videos and pictures uploaded by other crashers. Go to Bureaucrash.com and learn more. That's Bureaucrash.com. As we go back to Cliff in Florida talking about the realm of fiat currencies versus the market-based Competing currencies that I think those of us who like the idea of wealth and uh, freedom would like to see someday. Uh, Unfortunately, today we still have a fiat system wherein the government decrees that uh, by threat of force you must use their dollars. And somebody did email to point out, as I think we mentioned, that Gresham's Law only applies... In a situation where you have a fiat uh, legal tender, so if you don't have a legal tender or this mandatory governmental uh, issued fiat currency, then then it's true that good uh, good money will chase out bad in the absence of the mandate to take the bad yeah, money. Or
4: or you could have you could have a specie currency that's controlled by the government, but it's devalued like they did in Rome. Either they they bimetalize it or they do some sort of uh, you know clipping of it or something like that, and then people will hold on to the non clipped coins and they'll use. The
0: so Cliff is back with us in Florida. Cliff, you were making a point, and you didn't really have much time before we had to go to that hard break. So go ahead with your thoughts.
10: All right, let me try it again. I always get nervous whenever I call you guys, so let me try it again.
0: We get uh, nervous when you call us, too. <laughs> <laughs>
10: here's, what, here's, what, here's, what I, here's what I'm really thinking about. Here's how, how, how I would build a currency. I'll try to make it as organic as possible and try to make it as stable as possible, meaning that you have things like you know hard metals, gold, silver, platinum, whatever you want to use. At the same time, you use other other commodities such as uh, corn and you know beef or cattle or whatever else, you know basically the it would be something like uh, imagine instead of trading you know dollars you're trading S and P 500 notes or something you know or S and P notes or Nasdaq notes it would be something like that. The reason why I think it's better to have a, an unstable currency, not 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 fully unstable but but naturally unstable means that you never know you might have a, a cold year and you have some you know cattle die therefore you, the currency devalues a little bit reason why I think I think it's a good idea is because like just like everything else in life you know like, everything is organic you start a business it may fail and may it may it may succeed if you have a currency that's too strong like I was saying before like uh, as uh, what what Mark was saying was was kind of where I'm heading to is you'd have a situation where like you know well you have a business that becomes a Walmart and you'll have other businesses that will you know at, at one point Walmart will be so big and we're not there yet now, but Walmart will get to a point where it's so big that it pretty much owns all the other you know all, 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 most of uh, most other branches, almost other grocery stores, kind of like how we only have, what how many banks now, 12 banks in this country. Yeah,
4: but that's, so that's not really, that's Walmart not can't really get analogous. That big. Yeah, you, you know, I, it's an interesting it's an interesting theory, but it's not really borne out by history per se within a competitive marketplace. And the, the unfortunate problem is many people look to examples, and the examples that they cite are not within competitive marketplaces. So, um, well, I, I, yeah, go ahead.
10: No, I agree that, you know, what I'm saying, I don't think it's ever been tried in history, but I think it's, it's probably, the, it's probably one, of the, one of the best currencies that you can imagine because, again, you, you, can, you can have, you know, a situation where you can have extremely poor people and extremely rich people, and, of course, you know, you're better off being a banker because, well, if you hold gold, then you're guaranteed to never go broke, you know, as opposed to if you, if you put, you know, that a little bit more instability in the market where, you know, pretty much you, gotta, you, know, you just got to be careful about what you're investing and you can't be, you know, too much into any one thing it creates more of i don't know to me it makes it more more organic and it makes it more
4: hey well i, I understand know, it it... i understand what you're saying but it, frankly you know one of the key things for marketplace is the idea of stability the idea of predictability uh, whether it's tax cuts and businesses uh with short term uh, tax rebates businesses aren't willing to hire new people or something like that if you have a a a trend for productivity increases and you've got um, the the valuation of your currency buying you more. That's something predictable, and and you don't really want to have these natural the natural uh, catastrophes fluctuating things.
0: Well, you never know. I mean, somebody could uncover a new uh, mine of gold that had never been discovered before. It happens. It's, there's still Absolutely. unpredictability there. Absolutely.
5: Uh, well, a, a new mine of gold, but I mean, please, uh, getting getting a big huge vein of gold, the biggest one we've ever found ever, is not going to inflate the currency like the Federal Reserve has. No, no. I mean, it's and, not going to do anything yeah, like what the stability. government has. Well, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a certain amount of that in, in in gold. In that people right now, gold's going down to some extent. I mean, it's up, it's down, but it's gone down to some extent because people want to buy food and pay their mortgages rather than buying jewelry. So but to uh, me,
10: that's a problem. Though I wouldn't want to do a business with a bank that had only gold. in again, the I reason agree. why is.
0: I you know, think banks would why, have a lot of or, different options. Uh, that, I mean,
10: or, or just let's say precious metals, period. The reason why is precious metals, like you said, throughout history, precious metals have only become more and more valuable. So the reason why I wouldn't want to do business with
5: them is that's not true. That's that's why I've men- mentioned uh, bananas every time I say private, you know, a private currency backed by backed by something. I'll say gold or silver or bananas, because the fact is, you know, you'll you'll likely see all kinds of different private currencies backed by all kinds of different things.
0: But the, pre- the then, but the claim Cliff that you just made isn't necessarily true. The claim was that precious metals had become more valuable over time, over history, and that that's not not really true. I mean, you were saying the other day, Mark, you could still buy a nice suit of close for an ounce of gold today as you could buy, you know, hundreds of years ago. Yeah, the the production quality might have increased on the product, so to that extent you could make you could make the claim that uh, it is more valuable. But generally it's pr- it's pretty much held its value. If you're looking at its value deno- uh, denominated in fiat currency, then it will appear as though it's become more valuable. I mean, it's well, and, you know, $800 today yeah. whereas it might have been $300. Part There's of the-
10: something else you guys are missing that, that I think that a lot of a lot of people that are, that are in a position, you know, miss a lot. That are in the freedom movement is we understand how these things work, but unfortunately there are a lot of people out there that have no idea how money works, mm, and I... what will happen is you know they they will get a, you know <laughs> again it's going to happen in any market and there's nothing you can do to to prevent it, but if you're dealing with people that only have you know let's say for instance hard uh, um, hard, hard hard metals, and they're taking a vet, you know for, with you it's, it's, great, it's great because you're making money as they're making money, but they're, they in turn are using the, the money that they're making and using it to, I got to kind of a cheat, you know, poor people out of their money. Because if you're not educated, if you don't understand these things, it's easy
5: to get fooled. No, it's it's, so, not, I mean, it's, it's really fooled. not. Um, because the fact is people will organically, as, as Gardner likes to say, naturally, it is their nature. They will figure it out very, very quickly. Because, well, they'll be getting cheated out of their money, and there'll be other options there as far as currency and competition. And they'll say, oh, those people aren't getting cheated out of them. I'm using the baseball card uh, uh, currency, and I, I'm going to stop using this crap.
10: Yeah, but they could always offer you a reason why you want, why you would want to use you know their currency. For instance, I own this big plot of land. I will allow you to live on it. You know, da da da. da. So you know, I just I just think it's it's not a good idea. Generally, I think it, it leads back to where we are right now. In other words, I see it I see it as being stable for a long time, but I think eventually it will lead back to right where we are again. And that's the reason why I think look, look at the Liberty movement. And I and I, and I think that you know, you're like, saying, hold on a second. Happened. What are you,
0: what's going to lead us back to where we are now is a metal backed uh, currency? Uh, currencies available in a private marketplace?
10: Believe it or not, yes.
0: That's not possible because you can't inflate that. You can't inflate those currencies like you can by turning turning on the printing press.
10: No, that's the thing. It's not really a matter of inflating. it. It's a matter of of, uh, impoverishing a certain population. And it wasn't even popular. How would you impoverish them? And
5: and you're taking for granted. I'm sorry, but you're taking for granted that people will continue to be uneducated about money in a world where money is competing. And that's simply not so. You see now, currently, um, in 2008 versus 1988, you see people that know far, far more about computers than they did at that time because computers have become far more relevant. You see RAM, people knowing how much a gigabyte of RAM, apparently I don't know enough, but, uh, you know, a megabyte of RAM or whatever is versus uh, DRAM and you know hard drive space and uh, what megahertz are and things like that the, the people have at least a cursory understanding so you're assuming that the public's going to stay ignorant when in fact they're not right when you've been taken well, they, for so a ride are. once they, they,
10: take a look at us now take a look at us now we're using dollars how do we get to use dollars you know, because the government so will it's shoot forced. you if you don't take government it's, it's they legal, will, they tender. will put you
5: out of business if you don't take them uh, in your but, business but, but
10: but there was a point when it wasn't like that and they got us where we are now. That's, that's, the, that's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, Franklin reason, Delano it, Roosevelt it, it, confiscated all the
5: like gold. That. Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, all the gold are all your golds are mine. And he came and he took them, and he would have put you in jail if you didn't get them to it. It's the force of government, man. Thank
0: you, Cliff, for the call tonight. I appreciate the conversation. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line in a private Marketplace and a true free marketplace with private uh, competing currencies, there's no way you could get back to the situation we have today because it's just a completely different realm. Today we have one agency issuing a mandatory crap-can currency and forcing everybody to use it. More on the way, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Probably not time for your call, so I'm not going to give you the number. It is Ian here with you. And guard And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, you like the show, you want to help support Free talk Live, well, you can learn how to promote the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. Lots of different options there, many of them completely free, a few of them very low cost, like printing out flyers, for instance. We also have vector graphic versions of our logos. You can make your own graphics up if you want. Uh, all of that all over there for free at promote.freetalklive.com as we continue with your phone calls about what you want. Dustin is on the line in Idaho. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dustin.
11: Hi there, guys. I uh, just wanted to make a comment on uh, what I mentioned before in a true gold-based or silver-based or some kind of metallic money-based system, um, how if the banks are loaning out money at interest, um, how they're going to end up with all the money. Yeah. And I just want to say, I, I disagree with that concept completely for a couple of reasons. It fails to take into account the time value of money. Right. And what I mean by that is if the bank, were, if the bank doesn't operate in a void, it has its own employees that it has to pay, it has shareholders, and they're to return and that's going to be money that they get from the interest in their profits they're going to go paying their employees that are going to go to paying their shareholders which is going to go right back into the market so just like any business, they're not going to be able to take the profits and completely set it aside and never mm-hmm. do anything with it, which is, I think, kind of what some of the previous callers have been implying.
5: It's absolute nonsense. If, if that were so, then what you would see, because we essentially we have, a, uh, we've, we've, we have free markets. They're closer to free markets um, in uh, many other industries in the world. You should be able to see that particular phenomena at play in every other industry. Banking is essentially, um, in, a, in a free market, banking is, is all it is is uh, – uh, you know, a place where you put money and they make loans and and that kind of thing. I mean, it's 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 not a it's it doesn't they don't create money like they do currently.
11: You're exactly right. That's exactly what the problem would be.
5: Because I'm in a super a, in genius. Our current
11: system, they're just creating it from nothing and then basically enslaving us by having us pay back money that they didn't put up anything for. But if they're loaning their actual money, they are losing out on opportunities, as was said earlier.
1: Mm,
0: yeah, so they exactly. definitely
11: have the ability to make something off of that.
0: Right, precisely. So they have to be very uh, judicious about who they loan to in that particular realm because they could be missing out on something better.
4: Exactly. Right, that's exactly
0: right. Did you have anything else for us?
4: That's it. Thanks a lot, Thanks, guys.
0: Dustin. Rich. Appreciate the call. Let's talk to Rich in North Carolina. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello.
3: Hello, gang. Hey,
0: what's hey, on Rich. your mind?
3: Well, I've been listening from the beginning. That is to say, uh, the beginning of this evening. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, I, I heard you say something about uh, the 1933 gold confiscation. Yes. Well, I understand that not, that was never enforced. There, nobody ever went to prison for the failure to turn in their gold.
5: But they did turn they in did their did gold. In. They did turn it <laughs> yes, in. right? indeed.
3: Yeah, m- most people well or, most well, people, people most did.
5: people contribute to social security too, under the uh the just essentially the fear of what the government will do. so the fact right, that the government exactly. doesn't whip out a gun and shoot you in the head, the very fact that they could is frightening to most people. I do not contribute to social security because I know that I do not have to. however, people write me all the time here saying, How do you know I'm scared i can't what who would you for social security i gotta so i mean it's it's a fear factor too.
3: And what about to, you? You said something about how we're obligated to accept the the U.S.
5: dollar. Now, when I say we, I think I, what I was trying to get across, and if like I failed, you, I'm sorry. Is a business. If you decide to open a business on Main Street and you say not taking Federal Reserve notes here, you're not going to stay in business.
3: Well, you're not. You're not likely to stay in business.
5: Well, because they'll that's shut not you down.
3: Law that says that you have to take the.
5: I believe there is. That's why it's called currency it's and it legal says, tender. Uh, legal tender for all debts, public and private. It, it's one of the few laws you know about because they print it on their money. Right. So you're but
0: saying but I, that you don't think the Feds would come in and shut down a business that was only doing business in uh, in trade, like they would. They would only take silver and gold and stuff like that, as opposed to Federal Reserve notes. You don't think they would be shut down?
3: Well, I don't. I don't know if. If if they would be, I don't know if there's any proof of that.
0: Well, Well, it's probably (laughs) because no one's ever tried it. No one's uh, ever had the the gumption to try opening up a storefront. I mean, number one, as you say, it would be difficult because everyone would want to pay an FRN, so it'd be very difficult uh, to get business to do business, uh, but even if you had people that were doing business with you, if word got out that you were not accepting Federal Reserve notes, there is the chance they could come in and force you to shut down. I mean, that's what the legal tender laws are all about, to force people to accept this valueless uh, currency, the fiat. Well, I,
3: I understand there's, that's that's true throughout history. And by the way, not, not only would it be uh, difficult to not re- accept uh, dollars, U.S. dollars, but the fees and taxes have to be paid in. US yeah. dollars.
0: Yeah, because so, yeah, right. How are you going to pay your water bill? How are you going to pay your, your power bill? So, yeah, clearly you're going to have to do some level of business in Federal Reserve notes. Right. Okay, of well, course,
3: I'm just not aware of any compulsory power on the part of the government that you have to receive.
0: That's my understanding of what legal tender actually means, is that it is compulsory. And it's just that, you know, we've just never seen an example of somebody that tried to flout uh, to
5: flout that. I'm certainly not going to turn down FRNs. There you go.
0: Thanks, Rich, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you as always. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know what? We actually have a little time for uh,
5: for a different story well, here. I, I want to say yeah. that uh, FRNs are Federal Reserve Notes. If we uh, didn't make thank that clear, you, yes, the greenbacks. Uh, Fun, yes, any funny. other
0: comments on this uh, monetary issue, gents? No, no, other than the fact
4: that people have tried uh, have tried alternative, alternate currencies and they're usually shut down by the feds.
0: Let's talk about prohibition. The story here, I didn't get a chance to get to it over the weekend, so here it is from Reuters Health, New York. Policies that rid Maine high schools of sugary drinks seem to have had little impact on teenagers' overall intake of sugar-laden <laughs> beverages, according to a new study which compared four high schools that eliminated soda and other sugar-sweetened drinks from cafeterias and vending machines with three schools that did not take the same measures. Researchers found that over one school year, students in both groups of schools cut down on their average daily intake of sugary drinks, but there was no evidence that the school soda bans actually led to greater reductions. The reasons for the findings aren't clear, and the study doesn't mean that getting sugar-laden drinks out of schools is a waste of time, say the researchers. The lead researcher, Ms. Blum, said that she would not conclude that such school policies are ineffective based on these findings. And, I mean, they only did look at a handful of schools. Students' consumptions of sweet drinks did go down, she told Reuters. The study just failed to find a statistically significant difference between schools that cut back on the sweetened beverage and those that did not. So... Apparently, just the general trend is that kids are getting healthier, with or without the schools pulling the sugary drinks. So the kids at the schools with the sugary drinks still are drinking less sugary drinks, is what mm. they're they're saying here. Uh, several limitations might help explain the finding... Uh, one is that the students were followed only for nine months, which might not be long enough period to see substantial effects. Another is the study included only high schools. Similar policies may be more effective in younger school, uh, younger school children as they have less freedom to buy sugary treats on their own. The study, published in the Journal of Nutrition, Education, and Behavior, included four main high schools that had banned the sale of sugar-sweetened drinks, with the exception of one school that allowed sports drinks to remain in vending machines and the schools replaced these beverages by selling more milk, water, and fruit juice. Uh, Blum's team surveyed 235 students about their daily intake of sugary drinks at two time points, the spring before the policies took hold and nine months after they'd gone into effect. The researchers gave the same survey to 221 students in high schools that kept selling the soda. On average, the study found students at both groups of schools curbed their intake of sugary beverages to a similar degree over the school year. So according to Blum, keeping such drinks out of teenagers' reach during school hours may not be enough. She says it appears to be just one source of sugar-sweetened beverages for the youth you know, considering they can just go down the street to the Seven Eleven and uh, buy whatever it is. You know, here I thought there.
4: there might be something positive to say, hey, they followed up a really dumb idea with a study to see how dumb the idea was. But now they're just expanding it to say, well, you know, maybe we've got to go further and get into people's private lives.
0: Right. Maybe we should mandate that all 7-Elevens and convenience stores uh, restrict their sales of sugary drinks to young people.
5: Maybe you have to be over the age of 18 in order to purchase... Uh, A big gulp. You know, the answer to this is quite simply how do people raise their children? Um, the, uh, you know I had a uh, girlfriend whose uh, nephew uh, the, the the grandmother would uh, you know just curry favor with the child would uh, give him supposedly watered down uh, soda but I watched this on a regular basis and it wasn't even watered down soda it was regular soda mm-hmm. and, and not that it mattered in the first place whether it was watered down or not <laughs> but give the child soda when you know he could be having juice not that apple juice is significantly better, better yeah. but it's better um, or you know milk or water or whatever and, and could, you know these these patterns are established to to some extent for a lifetime, so you know it's it's how is the child raised. I don't think that, I don't think the school gets the children early enough for it to matter. And the scary part about that is they know it too, so they want your kid at birth. Earlier, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, I'm glad my parents raised me in a household where there wasn't a 24 pack of soda, you know, in the fridge at all times. I was so.
5: raised that way, and I, I generally have about a soda a day. All right, well, it's been Ian here down. with you.
0: And guard. And Mark. We'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online between now and then at freetalklive.com. And, of course, if they continue to ban sugary drinks, all you're going to see is that you know kids are going to be smuggling them in. They're going to be smuggling in six-packs, selling them at three times their, uh, their regular value, and you'll just have an underground black market in uh, soda pop. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow night online at freetalklive.com.